Games and gamers together now have the sheer magnitude to be a significant unifying force for the world. <laughs> Greetings, welcome back. Whether it's your first time, your sixth time. Your third time, we can do all the numbers, because actually we haven't done that many episodes, it doesn't matter. We welcome you here. This is the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett, here as always, with Kyle. Happy Thursday, dude. Happy Thursday, Garrett. It's good to be here. Yeah. I feel bad. I like Phil Spencer, but that was a really funny clip you found. I just love the yeah, the just yeah the, guy. Yeah. Just the one person in the background going, yeah, we're going to do it. Let's change the world. Woo. Woo. What was that from? Do you know? Uh, 2019's Game Pass announcement. Okay. So, like, that would have probably yeah. been during the last real E3. Yes. Yes. It was It was big. It was Xbox. I think it might have been the same the stage that times. Keanu came out on, possibly. That was it. That was the year. The Your Breathtaking. Yeah. That was the last traditional E3 with the big... With your Sonys and your Microsofts renting other theaters and doing their event that isn't actually at E3, but it's still part of it, and you can walk to it from E3, yada, yada. It was the before times. Phil Spencer, back in the news today. When you and I used to sit on our couch and make fun of things happening in person, now we sit on our couch and make fun of things happening on other people's couches. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we gamers, as they have labeled us, are a critical lot. We can be. Yeah, we can. Uh, dude, I'm like just <laughs> bracing. I, I don't know about you. I'm just bracing for the Lord of the Rings show to drop tomorrow because I just know there's going to be so many people oh. just watching it with the intention of not liking it. Sure. Like that's the point we've reached where I'm just like, we, sh- we should be stoked. Like this, this is something I would normally be excited for, but I'm already, I am pre-bracing for people on Twitter that are just going to, you know, bring the axe out. I mean, sure. It's- I didn't even know that was coming out tomorrow. There's been a lot of trailers. I watch a fabulous YouTube channel called Nerd of the Rings, where he does this really cool thing. Was this the map one? Yeah, the map one I told you about, right? And I would love this for Eorzea, Final Fantasy, and all that sort of thing. Like, he takes little miniatures and moves them around the map so you can see where everyone in Lord of the Rings was located in real time. Does, like, movie and book comparisons, but doesn't overdo that kind of topic. Maybe because he doesn't want to show footage and, you know, get his channel in trouble or anything like that. But he's been doing a lot of reviews of the Lord of the Rings show coming up and is very, very positive about it. Very exciting. Granted, you know, content creator, you know, you're hoping there's content sometimes in this position. You hope things are good for career reasons. Uh, He would benefit from the Amazon show being amazing because people would go to his channel. Like right now, his highest viewed video is what if Gandalf took the ring and kind of theory crafting videos. It would be cool to see that world further expanded. And from what I understand of the time period they're doing on the show, there's a lot of very cool material that could go on there, but it's not going to be as low fantasy. Is that, is that what you call this? Uh, you know, like low the biggest spell. Yeah, yeah. There's high fantasy, which is like it, what you got your elves and your dwarves. And, but like when I think of high fantasy, I think of like 
fireballs and wizardry and like the most the biggest spell that Gandalf casts that I can think of is the scare off the Nazgul light spell mm. that he uses when riding on the see, horse. I, see, to me, fight, high fantasy is Lord of the Rings. It's elves and dwarves and robes and armor and all that kind of stuff. That to me, that's high fantasy. What you're describing with the like the fireballs and whatnot, I always think of that as 80s fantasy, or as I like to call it, airbrushed on the side of a van fantasy. Which I do love. Oh yeah, my God, dude, do I it's love not it. a judgment. Uh, the, yeah. the whole aesthetic that they've taken Thor post Ragnarok, like that. I Like, give me back kind of the hammy, brightly colored, over the top. Oh, like, you can, like, even though it's not scored by Iron Maiden, you can hear it in the background in your mind. Yeah. Uh, Although I guess Ragnarok it works was better in a comedy. Led Zeppelin. So it basically works. It basically works. Rush, maybe it was, that'd be a genre. Rush is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Some a band I actually rock. like. I don't. I don't really like the Iron Maidens. You know. I, okay. I, I like my power metals, but I, I didn't about, really what, get into that. What about the Led Zeppelins? You can you, can you get down with the Led Zeppelins? What, what's what's their main song? What's, some, what's something that would well, I'm, be? Well, I'm you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I actually don't know that much about Led Zeppelin. Okay, other yeah, than no, every time I, I, I hear it, either. I'm like, oh, I like this song, but I've never gotten into them like, enough to like ramble off their songs. There's a naked dude like with wings, and he's got like a cloth covering him. And he's on an album. Are you Googling right now? No, I just don't know. I don't know oh. that genre of music very well. I got, I uh, got nothing. And I, I don't know my dad's rock and roll very well. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's going to be multiple splits for that audience. And I'm not talking about like people just going to Twitter being angry. I don't care about them. But it's going to be jarring for some people just because... Some fans, you could say, of the movies instead. You know, let's not just not use general people. Fans of the movies might be upset with the Amazon show because the past of Lord of the Rings is way more spirits and gods and whole countries and like uh, islands like moving around and disappearing and giant, giant spiders that eat trees and stuff. It gets kind of weird. I don't really know what exact time period they're placing it in. Uh, but, you know, there's also like the gods made the dwarves out of like clay and you know, it, it it's biblical because it is like they, there was the whole, you know, uh, Tolkien versus uh, the, the, the Narnia dude. Narnia dude. What's Narnia dude's name? Oh, I have no idea. I don't like Narnia. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't, but, you know, <laughs> they, they, they were writing pals and they like competed for allegory and stuff. Ah, OK. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. Okay, yeah. C.S. Lewis, yeah. I don't, stop, not for me. Not for me. Much, much prefer my Lord of the Rings. Honestly, all this stuff, I, I I really have a tough time reading. I've I've tried. I've tried reading Lord of the Rings multiple times. I can't do it. I can't do it. Love those movies. They came out at a perfect time. They did. For for our age group. I got special credit uh, in my English class freshman year of high school by going to see the Lord of the Rings and coming back to class with my ticket stub. Oh wow! If you want cool to place teacher. us at a certain age? Sure. God, oh, oh God, I got a dude. I got a new office chair, and I it's really not it's really nice, but I don't know how things work, and I just like shoved my armrest forward, and it, it it scared me. Lord of the Rings for me sits in that perfect pocket of I accidentally saw it. Like I was going to the theater with my friend and his dad, and I had no idea what I was going to witness. Oh, that and was we went how Lord of the Rings. I saw the Count of Monte Cristo remake and the Scorpion King movie. One of those is good. Actually, both of them are kind of fun. Actually, I kind I of enjoy the, both of them. 
I like uh, Count of Monte Cristo a lot. I also, I really, really like Richard Harris. I He's think amazing Richard Harris in that is a movie. phenomenal actor. It might be my favorite movie with him in it, actually. Like, yeah. I love the role he plays in The Count of Monte Cristo. It's, he's perfect for it. I know the remake gets, gets some shade, but I actually think it's pretty solid. And Richard Harris kind of elevates that whole damn movie. Anytime he's on screen, whether it's like, I think it was Clear and Present Danger or it might be Patriot Games, but... Anytime that guy's in a movie, I'm just like, there's no movie. I'm just, I'm, I'm in. I, I was completely sold in anything he did. Uh, How could you ever really mix up those two movies? You know. <laughs> also, uh, you got Red October, which is technically that's the same a, guy. That's a Jack Ryan movie, technically. Yeah, Jack Ryan. Jack yeah. Ryan. Yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all cut from the Jack Ryan cloth. Boy, you want to talk about a, a character I care so little about, but enjoy the movies that the Jack Ryan, there you go. That mission impossible. I'm like characters. I don't know. I just like looking at these, but, uh, Hey, I think that's, uh, I think we can chalk that up to a vamped podcast intro. Don't you vamped vamping like vampires? No, just vamping where you're like, you're filling the space with words and you're just, oh. just kind of off the cuff. Yeah. Let's get to news then. <laughs> good, 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 good. Oh, great news. Everyone shove it. Hey, Kyle, I think Phil Spencer just announced Blizzard Games on Game Pass. This is so tied up in legal jargon. In an attempt to win over scrutiny from a UK governing body. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so like, like, uh, no guys, it's already happened kind of light. Is that, is that his big strategy? No, uh, now I'm laughing because I kind of think I didn't mean to frame it this way, but it almost sound, I almost made it sound like, no, you should let this go through. I promise we'll give you some free blizzard games on game pass. If you let us do this, which is not how it went down, but this happened just today, just a couple of hours ago. Um, I was sitting there with my morning coffee and (laughs) this is, this is wild. So, you and I, we talked about this across uh, multiple permutations of this podcast. Uh, but yeah, Microsoft is trying to merge or, well, acquire Activision Blizzard. Uh-huh. That's not new news. If you're nerdy enough to be listening to this program, you're probably already aware of that. Right? <laughs> right. You probably, you probably think, know a thing or yeah, two. You may have heard about this. It's also Blizzard news. Like It, it is the farmable content of the internet if you do any sort of video game news well it's, uh, it's, it's where we're from it's where we we cut our teeth making content and even though i was about to say i don't play blizzard games anymore but that's not true this week um even though i don't play nearly as many blizzard games as i used to or as much as i used to uh i'm still wildly interested and I, you know i'm still rooting for our buddies that are devs over there i want to i want to see that that studio succeed again so as much as i is may not sound like it because i love laughing at really dumb things that this this corporate giant does, I, I do still want to see them succeed. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, there's been a lot of scrutiny about the merger, both in the U.S. and the U.K., but the U.K. scrutiny kind of got elevated today. Uh, apparently, um, the Competition and Markets Authority, abbreviated the CMA, Said, uh, which is a UK body, said that they were, quote, concerned about a substantial lessening of competition, end quote. Uh, and they're talking about competition in the gaming market, essentially. You know, if this merger goes through, Microsoft will have too many game studios and corner too much of the gaming market. I think we talked about this on our first or second episode 
where they cited like like I th- Sony is particularly concerned with like Call of Duty, for example. Well, right, yeah, like, understandable. Yeah, yeah, which I do kind of get, but also with you know it's with Sony. Of course, they're not going to want this to go through. They then they the Activision Blizzard is then now then no longer a a neutral party, right? Um, so all this is going on, and anyway, today the CMA apparently issued microsoft a september 8th deadline to come to an acceptable agreement with the agency this is according to a story from bloomberg titled microsoft 69 billion activision deal faces in-depth uk probe if you want to go read the full article for yourself and if you're asking yourself what what does that even mean what are they trying to what why is this deadline from the cma import important and, and apparently according to bloomberg uh the deal is going to be automatically referred to a thorough investigation if microsoft does not offer what they see as a suitable proposal, which then it just gets more complicated because they ended uh, they end up escalating it to like a stronger review and that allows for a more thorough investigation. They have to turn over internal information and document requests get filed and all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So seemingly in response to that, Kyle, because it also came out this morning, which timing seems important Mm -hmm. we got a we got a message from phil spencer over on the official microsoft website other internet darling yeah yeah so i told you that whole long-winded story about how the cma works in the uk even though i live in the usa and i don't understand any of the words that just came out of my mouth so that you understand why phil spencer made a blog post this morning that's uh, with a quote from it saying, we intend to make Activision Blizzard's much-loved library of games, including Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty, available in Game Pass. This was buried in multiple paragraphs <laughs> that was really just flower in a flowery way talking about how good it would be for the world if Microsoft were to acquire Activision Blizzard. But in here, seemed to, hidden, seems to be like, oh, I guess Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty are coming to Game Pass if this merger goes through. Well, those are the console ones. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And here it sounds like he's trying to gain the goodwill of gamers who can change the world, as he so put it three years ago, (laughs) to force this through. And it's hard to argue with that convenience, right? Like that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the ultimate downfall of society is is over convenience, but (laughs) with monopolies in tow. But it is it is intoxicating. You're sitting there going, you know what? It would be convenient to just kind of have my game pass and it's got overwatch and diablo and call of duty possibly on it i do wonder if world of warcraft has considered being on console obviously they probably considered it they've done some testing but haven't thrown the switch final days of me being on the instance we were talking about it a lot because there was controller support being data mined out of the game and eventually i think it was officially added we're like oh is it coming to to console and no it just turned out to be an accessibility edition which sure. I think is cool and rad, and that's good for the game. But uh, you know, it's what I think of in like my, the 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 waiting days of of the instance that we talked a lot about, like what it would be like if WoW was on the was on a console after Final after seeing you play Final Fantasy with the controller, man. Like just because I'm not interested in going down that route doesn't mean I don't think it's fascinating, and it totally looks like it makes sense. Like they made it work. You got the, the, just to once it clicked in my brain, I was like, oh, you just like have toggles so that like your your four buttons become four other buttons and you know you just layer toggles on top of it and you just have access to so many potential move abilities so i think it, it could be done uh, but 
I, they don't seem interested is the vibe I get from trying to get World of Warcraft onto a console. Well, and I can't speak to modern World of Warcraft class design, but in Final Fantasy, you've got your, I'm on an Xbox controller, so I got X, Y, B, A, and then you have your D-pad, which gives you access to eight buttons. And depending on the combination of the triggers you hold down, you can get access to, will that be three more menus? Like 24 buttons can be on there, probably more. Uh, with like double presses and stuff like that. I don't know the exact number. But when I'm in one trigger press and I've got access to eight buttons, they've designed the classes there. So I kind of want to live in those eight buttons for a little bit, at least this part of the rotation. And then I might go over to another eight buttons when I get to the second part of my rotation or a different phase or something triggers. World of Warcraft is way more computer-based than... I often found myself, you know, with my one through eh, seven is really what I was comfortable with using. I didn't really want to go beyond that. Going over to R, T, Y, G, H, F and using all those keys to try to manage. And that's 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 like 14 buttons I'm using regularly, plus Healbot and other things like that. Uh, also, World of Warcraft isn't designed with the shifting around your teammate to heal them kind of way. So there'd be some barriers to entry without class design being uh, an afterthought for controller. So, they, so they're ready to put the controller things on controllers. And then, you know, that sounds convenient. I'd be interested in trying Diablo 3 on controller. I never tried that out any. I did. It, funnily, it plays really well. And Diablo 3 on console has like a dodge button that PC doesn't have. Oh, that sounds fun. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, my I brother like idea. My brother prefers console Diablo, and there's been a couple times where we've hung out and uh and I you know, we, we couch co opt some D three with, with controllers sure. and it controls really well. Um Are you locked in screen in that co op <laughs> couch? It's been years. I don't remember. Is that what they do? Legos was? Legos was genius. Did you ever play a co-op Lego game? Yes. It would, where it would do the split if you got too far away from each other. It would just yeah, but it was like organic. organic. It would yes. It would like yeah. It would like come online and it would like split the screen as a sort of if you went too far up, it would kind of split up, and if you went sideways, it would split sideways. It was really yeah. really well done. Dude, the Lego games are so much better than they have any right to be. They made a lot of them, so I'm glad that they are. <laughs> not well, those first few Star Wars, I, I think they kicked it off with Star Wars. The first few of those were such a success that, yeah, no. Uh, if you're looking for good couch co-op for like a you know a, a wide range of ages for family gaming, I can't. I love those those Lego games, but um, I digress. Coming back to this, Kyle. Um, First off, where do you where do you stand? Kyle Kyle Ferguson, I want you to make a call right now. Does this merger go through yes or no? There's so much money involved. It seems like and this is only going to get worse as we go on. They're just throwing at the wall to see what sticks. And that's what they should be doing. Like Sony's going to keep coming up with seemingly random complaints to affect those because naturally it's competition that they don't want. However, overall, it's a view towards less competition. It's tough for me to be concerned about this as a consumer because what I often interact with is Steam and indie games. 
Like I have very little interest in a game pass these days because I don't really play games to try them out. I want really nitty gritty games. I want to I want to get in there in an RTS kind of way or a Sims way or, you know, like the two point hospital I'm currently playing or I was just playing Frostpunk. Those are games that I don't really want to play on Game Pass because they take heavy investment. I'm not going to rent them as it were and be oh, like, that's one in, weekend, that's interesting because I file Frostpunk under a game. I just don't want to play. There are many that would agree with you. And I think ultimately after my time in Frostpunk, I definitely agree with you because it is a tower defense game, not a Sims game. The way Frostpunk is made, I'm just going on a Frostpunk <laughs> die right here, but the way Frostpunk is made is that as time progresses, the same stuff happens. So it's more about pre-memorizing and pre-preparing it's a, it's for the cold you know It's a game of memory with a candy shell of unavoidable misery that I found to be the, the opposite of fun. Right. And yeah, but I, but I like I like the setting, you know, I like the idea maybe the sun's I like going the out. I didn't, I didn't get far enough to figure out what's going <laughs> it on. It looks very pretty, which is why I was excited to play it. But oh man, dude, I I have never I it's it's been a while since a game made me that angry. I was I I really dislike that game. I and I feel like I was misled by all my my uh my my strategy, my civ friends and my my RTS friends. So I was like this is this is so limited compared to civ and it's just miserable <laughs> to be fair there's no time stamp on a tweet mm. and that's what i love about steam as well i go in there and i set my gameplay to like 500 hours i want to see the opinion of someone who's obsessed with this game because in those reviews you get the little nitpicks the things that started bothering them over time mm. and that's what you're going to experience i usually as, just ask friends that i typically have a similar taste Usually, you know, I'll listen to them. I don't, I don't think I've ever read a Steam review in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm an intense researcher when oh. I get involved in games. It's the same thing that like, you know, drives you nuts. Like me watching the final five minutes of a anime or something I'm interested in to see if I'm going to like it because I don't know if the animation holds up or if it'll improve over the course. Like I'm, I'm often very curious before I invest in something that takes over two hours and even then a movie can be like a heavy, like, well, I don't know. I, I, like, I have no faith in the human race. So a random Joe's review seems is to me is worthless. Cause but the re, no, the, the, your friends reviews are the most worthless. No. Cause because I know them and I know they're, no, they're going to come at you though. At the height of their excitement, they're going to come at you at the honeymoon period when they're going to share their experience and how awesome the game is at hour three. I don't care about hour three. I want to know about hour 50 and beyond. I want to know if I can play this almost as a lifestyle game. I want depth. Now, story games are different. Like, you know, like you, you yourself have said many times that you think The Witcher 3 is amazing and you never got past the Baron stuff. It's the best game I've ever played with some of the worst gameplay I've ever experienced. <laughs> to some, to some, it's a vessel for the story. Uh, Not the best you know, action was, combat. To each their own. I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it more than Assassin's Creed, but it's still in that same kind of vein. Anyway, uh, so Game Pass, to me, gaining access to a monopoly of AAA games simply is just a better Netflix. Like, when Netflix started having competition and losing movies and all the movies started being divided up across the internet, that's when I lost interest. So I want this to go through just so I can have that 
grocery store rental experience at home mm. where I go in there, I find a AAA game that's highly approachable, that's going to teach me how to play very quickly, and I can play through, you know, let's uh, pie in the sky like Overwatch's story mode in a weekend and be done with Overwatch <laughs> and say, I, I beat you. Congratulations. Steam is where I'm still going to go for like really nitty gritty gameplay and something I want to immerse myself in. Mm. I'm not going to spend that much time with most games in general that aren't an MMO. So I'm usually looking sure. for more narrative experiences. So that's why I just go like, Oh, Hey, I know this person's taste. If they like it, I'll probably like it. And it, I'm usually right. So to you, then this seems like more of a not monopoly because they're gaining control of all the games you want to play. I, I I'm, this is so loaded, right, man? Like I just, I just want new leadership and at a very simple level, I don't care how we get there, but I do kind of care. I really don't want Bobby <laughs> Kotick to get a big fat payout for being an evil sack of shit. Like That's happening. I know, I know. So um, I, I guess the point is I can't, it's just no easy way to feel about this because I want new leadership at Activision Blizzard. It, it can't get worse. I don't think. <laughs> but I also don't want Bobby Kotick to have an even bigger payday. So, you know, it's complicated. We intend to make Activision Blizzard's much-loved library of games, including Overwatch, Diablo, and Call of Duty, available on Game Pass and grow those gaming communities. Oh, uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Some select choices there as to how you're going to empower the communities that exist. No World of Warcraft. Is World of Warcraft? The, I mean, it's in the image, but that might be an image they grabbed off of well, they're, they're the old merger. That was the old, that was the original merger banner. People yeah. are referencing that banner, and I don't know why, because like we've already seen this. It, that was what we saw the, the day the Microsoft merger was announced uh, forever right. ago now. Um, but yeah, also, dude, there's some hilarious lines out of this Bloomberg piece. I, I love the one that says, uh, and this is Bloomberg writing, says the combination with Activision, which owns some of the most popular franchises, including Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Guitar Hero. Yes, Kyle, that currently popular game that everybody knows, loves, and plays, Guitar Hero. No, well, Guitar Hero was a sensation, a non-gaming sensation. There ten was years, a lot over of ten people. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm still saying like there was a lot of people who bought Wii's just like my parents own a PlayStation to run Blu-rays. People bought Wii's just to play Guitar Hero. They buy these products to play arcade games. Uh, PlayStation sales for DDR in the past. Some of those people never, never even, you know, played a Spyro, if you will. I want people to write a DDR in. Machine. I think your parents might be the only people on earth that bought a PS3 just for the Blu-ray player. Well, yeah, it might have been, you know, I'm hoping I'd visit more. And I'm really sorry about <laughs> I know but a lot of, I know a lot of like, you know, gamers that use that as a really good excuse to justify the price of the PS3 back in the day. I certainly was I'm, among them. I'm like, well, you know, it also plays Blu-rays, you know, I might as well get it. I'm pretty sure at the time of release, the PlayStation, because of its lower price, was competitive if not better than purchasing a full-blown blu-ray player but that's because consoles are so much about that like let's get you in the door and then we'll sell you games after and that's how we're going to make up the cost of this mm. which i'm seeing whispers about like 
PlayStation's raising its prices right now, which I, I, I don't I don't know anything really about it, but uh, it's, an it's not rumors. It's it's been announced. PS5 is raising the the cost of the console everywhere but the U.S. as of right now. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. They're setting the cost of prices and what they're like, you know, parts and whatnot, supply chain and all that other stuff. It's got to feel bad if you're in Japan, too. It's like, hey, uh, what? <laughs> Why does the U.S. get a break? But it's 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 interesting. And then, of course, you have you have your uh, your 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 Microsoft and your Nintendo's using this as an opportunity for free, you know, points that mean nothing when they come out and say we have no plans at this time to raise the price of our consoles congrats yeah yeah well done well done oh Bob, it's like when you're smiling in the back of the car because your sibling's in trouble right it's no <laughs> different that is a perfect analogy I, yeah and they keep making really good exclusives like playstation is dangling so many cool games all the time luckily they're coming out on steam eventually but what's really kind of frightening is the March of time that Final Fantasy is going to have as it as it approaches its lighting updates and stuff like that, and eventually moves to those new consoles. Like people won't be able to get them. Still, it's getting a little better, a little bit. I think there was also a thing recently where Sony said, "Hey, we can we can make them. The problem now is just getting them to you. They're they're no longer having an issue getting the parts to make PS5s, but now the problem is just getting them shipped to where they need to go for distribution." What a this, world we live in. This Xbox post, which I love, you're absolutely right that it really uh, is posting as fact, even though they have the, we'll continue to engage with regulators in the spirit of transparency and all that sort of thing. They really do talk in positives and it's already happening. So hold on kind of phrasing, but they go on about cloud gaming and mobile quite a bit here without actually bringing up the candy crush. Why would they bring up candy crush? Well, because, you know, the, the post is about the Activision acquisition and Candy Crush would be their big mobile thing, at least according to this banner. I know that, you know, Hearthstone and stuff. Well, if the concern, if the concern from, from these, these governing bodies in the U.S. and the, in the, in the U.K. is for, is like an anti-monopoly concern, can you really, I don't think trashy mobile games that want all your money is the biggest concern because there's plenty of competition for that kind of stuff. Sure, a free-to-play game that you then can spend spend money inside getting access to that through an app wouldn't be as bad as the low price of the Game Pass monopolizing the platforms that video games are presented on. I still have no idea how Epic does it. I assume they just throw away money. Just, you know, here's, here's your free copy of whatever this week, and they pay the developers... Free. The difference, which is all of it. I mean, lost leaders are pretty common practice in the gaming industry as it is. I think it's currently assumed that the Xbox is still being sold at a loss, but I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of licensing and contracts going on with all this stuff. So I, I would imagine the stuff with Epic is really not any different than your 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 Sony subscription programs or your 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 Game Pass. What we're talking about right here, but yeah, the Bloomberg piece brought up cloud gaming a lot too and i guess the senior director of mergers at the cma in the uk was like worried about them having too much control over things that involve cloud gaming but like mentioned world of warcraft i'm like that's it's just an online game like it's it's been wow's been around longer than the term the cloud i don't even know what we're talking about here 
a little bit of outside. If you haven't watched, if you watch any of those presentations on uh, internet, was it four or something we're heading towards? It was just a mess. We had internet two and internet three. They don't know what they're talking about. Apparently I don't either. So <laughs> you did play some Blizzard games this week, or I at did. least one of them. I did. I, I returned. I, I, I checked in on my ex, Kyle. <laughs> I checked in on my ex because the Wrath of the Lich King Classic pre-patch has dropped over in... It's very confusing because it's still... Ba- it's Burning Crusade Classic, but you log in and the login screen has been taken over with the Wrath of the Lich King login screen. And it says Wrath of the Lich King Classic up in the corner. But sure. you can't go to Northrend, which is something I had to explain. <laughs> I, I answered this question a lot. I did a, I did a little impromptu stream back on... Uh, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, when this go up? Tuesday? Back on Tuesday night. Um, and I had a lot of folks coming in being like, hey, I didn't think this was out yet. And I'm like, no, it, it, technically it's not. It's just the pre-patch. So, um, yeah, the Wrath pre-patch dropped. And so you can make a Death Knight now. They added Death Knights, which obviously means a Death Knight zone. And so you can start your Death Knight, which starts at 55, get them leveled up, get them to level 70, have them ready for the beginning of, of Wrath of Lich King Classic when it drops proper. So you can you know, just go straight to Northrend. Um, this also laid the groundwork for they're going to be repeating the pre-launch events of the Zombie Plague and the Scourge Invasions. Uh, those are not in-game yet. I believe that's uh, the first one, Zombie Plague, starts on September 6th. Um, but that laid the groundwork for this. They also added an XP buff. You can learn inscription, start working on inscription. Uh, and they also started Fresh Start Realms, which means you have to start at level 1. So all of oh. this, all of this came out with with this pre patch. You would still need to then get to fifty to unlock Death Knight on that fresh realm. Uh, Fifty five, yes. Fifty. Oh, you yeah. have to reach the level that the Death Knight starts at to sure. then start a Death Knight on a fresh start realm. And I don't believe you can use a boost on a fresh start realm because that would defeat the entire purpose. Okay. How did it feel? How did it feel getting back in? Honestly, it was good. It was good. It was fun. It's so different from Final Fantasy XIV, at least. So I streamed it. And so, like, my comments are going to be mixed with that of what it's also like to stream this game compared to Final Fantasy XIV. And it is wildly, wildly different. Um, Because you're you're grinding, man. You're doing a lot of combat. You're doing so much more combat than Final Fantasy XIV when it comes to leveling. If your goal in Final Fantasy XIV is to get to endgame, is to level up and get to endgame, you are going to go through the MSQ, which means... For the most part, this is talking very generally, but for the most part, you're going to be watching cutscenes. We're going from point A to point B. There's, there is gameplay, but it's, in, it's not as frequent. Like combat in leveling up through the MSQ in Final Fantasy XIV is not as frequent as it is in World of Warcraft, where it's almost 90. In World of Warcraft, it's like 99% of the experience is just running around, c- killing shit, gathering shit, and bringing it back to your quest givers. Where in Final Fantasy, it's primarily story based traversal of all of the continents that are in the game, seeing a lot of cutscenes because it is a Final Fantasy game, but and when there is combat, it's a lot it's more impactful and story specific in Final Fantasy 14, I find. Now streaming it. Oh, that's oh my god, the difference, man. Because we're we're only about halfway through our Final Fantasy 14 experience, the first time either of us are seeing this content. We're about to enter Shadowbringers, which is the back stretch of Final Fantasy 14 at the time of recording this. Only goes up to Ren Walker. We're terrified of looking at our chat and reading comments. We don't want to get spoiled. The story is that good in Final Fantasy. 
Right. It really is. Like this is not I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not I'm not just like trying to I'm not just trying to uh placate our wonderful Final Fantasy fourteen fans that are responsible for the success of this channel. But um I really do like the, the, the story and I don't want to get spoiled on it. Uh it is so relaxing to stream World of Warcraft and just start talking about whatever I want to talk about, look at chat. Like I was like, I was doing a, you know, the death Knight starting zone. I'm like, I don't remember. Where's the town square. I don't remember where the town square is. Cause someone tell me where that is. And I don't like, just give me an answer. I don't care. I've already played this. It's just, my memory is a little foggy. So just tell, give me answers to things, spoil whatever you want. I don't give a shit. It was in that way. It was very relaxing. It's more, it's more of a vibe stream than there are times where, you know, especially on our MSQ heavy streams where it feels more like, we're, we're going to the movies together or maybe more you and I are watching a movie at home together where we could talk to each other about what's going on, but we actually still care and we want to pay attention. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's what everything's going on there. Um, it, 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 it feels old and familiar, man. It's like, I think I've made the, I want to say I've made this analogy before. It's, it's like getting in into the car you had from high school as an adult. So you get in, you feel the plastic, you smell that old Honda cloth, you hear the ding of, wait, did you have an old Toyota, an old Honda, an old Subaru, Ford? You know the ding the car makes when you leave the keys in it and you open the door. Like that kind of, it just like comes rushing back. It These sense memories that even though, that's the that's the good side of things, I guess. That's the be- That's the most positive way I can spin it is, is, Instantly remember all of this. The negative side of things is, you know, he's like, huh, boy, we sure suspension sure is a lot more comfortable now. Uh, dashboards sure have gotten a lot nicer looking and softer to the touch. My God, the, my speakers sound so much better in my modern car. Like there's that kind of stuff too, where, you know, once the nostalgia recedes, it feels a little old, but I'm enjoying it. How much is that nostalgia for you? Because I, I I caught a little bit of your stream and and you're legit. Like you were in there just soaking it up. You loved the vibe, the music, the art, like all of it speaks to you at a core level beyond just oh, isn't that nice? Like, <laughs> like uh, 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 the smell of McDonald's. Not going in there again, but yeah, yeah, I remember what it smells like. <laughs> It's it's to me, Wrath of Lich King. It is a formative experience. It is it is right up there with my first NES. It's right up there with Ocarina of Time, with Pokemon, uh, with Half Life. This is a formative game for me that really had a massive impact on me as someone that enjoys games. Uh, World of Warcraft as a whole, yeah, I could I could say like as a whole, I did play in vanilla. But Wrath was my largest period of buy-in. I was at my peak rating four nights a week in Wrath of the Lich King. Highest I ever got to in Burning Crusade was twice a week, and it was mostly Karazhan. But the good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. Yeah, so it's 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 just an interesting place to, to put my head. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, I with more time, I could easily, easily want to get back in here and complete all the raids. Like, I know you and I have talked and it's like, and if so, if you get the itch where you're like, I think, I think I want to kill the Lich King. You're going to see fire behind my eyes (laughs) and a glowing smile 
because I'll be I'll, I'm right there if that's something you want to you want to go after. Is that even on the schedule yet when Lich King patch will release? Because they're going to do Naxxramas probably. I don't think and... they ever do a roadmap like that. But there is patches, right? Like yeah, Naxxus, all of Naxxus these first, have... followed by Ulduar, followed by TOC, followed by ICC. So we're talking maybe June? Do they go that long or do they kind of speed through it? I think BC Classic was a two year? No, one year, I think. I think in one yeah. year, they basically have released all of it. They accelerated a little bit. Because they also did that Wrath Classic Season of Fire or whatever they called it. Wrath Classic Season of Fire. Oh, I... What? Where they released like an augmented version of Wrath Classic with like different... Uh, Are you talking about Wrath or BC? Affixes. Wrath I'm talking is about uh, WoW Classic. The Classic Classic. Vanilla. Oh, Vanilla Vanilla. Oh, I... Yeah, yeah I, Vanilla. I didn't... I, I know nothing of that. I don't know. I they off. were going on about it during the big blizzard and the the uh, the, 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 the dragonflight expansion. Chat saying it's called season of mastery. Yeah, season I, of mastery. I fell yes. off long before that. I have no idea what that entails. I didn't interface with it. I mean, that's really my concern with any sort of investment. That's what this is. You know, this is your friend saying, "Hey, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons?" And you go, "Oh, that sounds great." How long are you thinking? They're like, "Well, it's going to be a nebulous campaign, and you know, we're just going to kind of go with the flow, and you know, it'll be every Sunday for three to four hours, but sometimes six if we get food, and you just kind of go, ah. And that's where I'm at. Like, it depends on when the Lich King releases, and if there are catching mechanics that I can take and you know advantage of to skip things that I've already seen before or maneuver through that. Like right now, I mean, we could just I wait till TOC comes out. Cause there was a ton of catch up here in TOC. Yeah. Although old war is great. Like truly great. I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about it for years and years, but I don't really want to see Max Ramus. I never did it. I mean, I ran through it for funsies. A There's some fun times at max there. level, but it's, you know, it'd be about killing the Lich King, kind of settling that and putting it to bed. Because it's the one thing I never got to do in that game. Mm. It's fine. And I'm not going to be able to dive in when it first comes out anyway. I'm finishing school. Right. And right now, if you bought a boost, you'd boost to the top of Burning Crusade. So there's no point as a... That's how it always works. That, they're, yeah. they're never going to put boosts out before all of the all of the content that's going to come out is done coming out. Right. So I want I want to put a bo- I want to boost straight to Wrath. I don't want to touch BC. I've seen that too many times. I You'll do not need to never see. be able to do that until what? all the content's out. Wait, re- what? Yeah, they don't they've never let you do that. Boosts no, no, have, when, when, boosts have always been get you to the start of the new expansion, not to the end of it. Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. No, I don't oh. want to see BC. I don't want to see BC. I don't want I don't oh, want to buy a boost. That's what to... you can do right now. It puts you to 70. That's the level to start Northrend. Right, but Northrend's are not. So if I went in right now, I couldn't boost to Northrend and like. Oh no, 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 you totally could. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Oh, okay. Yeah, the boost that just went on sale this week. Not an ad. This sounds like an ad. Uh, <laughs> uh, do whatever Join you want. Me, I do not care. Um, you'll boost to seventy right now. You could go boost to seventy right now if you want. Dude, I own that. Do not care. I like. There was something magical like i like i said i i caught 15 minutes of your stream but there was a childlike wonder and even that puts it down that you have about this game you did the instance for years and years like you love world of warcraft and it's it's interesting looking back i love i loved doing that show i I still i still miss it but it's also funny because i never got to do the show while i think wow was properly good 
Sure. I came on board at the beginning of BFA. <laughs> so I never really got to be on the instance when I was head over heels in love with World of Warcraft. So it was, it, it, it was interesting. And so I, like after all that, after uh, all the, you know, all the turmoil we've been through as content creators and me having a lot of upheaval in the content that I create over the past few years of, of uh, ended multiple podcasts relating to Blizzard games or, or was on shows that ended that I, you know, it wasn't my call, but said it was, it was time to wrap it up. So it was, there's a lot of baggage and I didn't know how I feel, but yeah, I got in, I had a good time. And if I wasn't extremely busy with school right now, I it probably would have played a lot more of it this week. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I want to do more. Um, it, it, at the same time, I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy. And we're going to talk about Final Fantasy today. Um, we, we did. We tried a new job to tease a later segment. And I'm really looking forward to talking to that about that. And that made me really just want to, like, grind in Final Fantasy in a, in a hard way that I haven't really wanted to in a few months in that game. I'm just like, in that game, I'm like, oh, I just want to raid and continue the story. I don't want to work on too many side things. But after we experimented with a new job this week, now I want to work on side things in that game too. So Final Fantasy is definitely still my uh, my focus, but I could see myself getting wrapped up into Wrath. With purpose, perhaps. <laughs> this is the promise I will make. If you want with to, purpose, If you want to set a, a, a mutual project, like we the, we, it, we have a goal in mind. If you want to set a, a a side game goal in Wrath, like that's how I think we should go about it. Whatever our goal is, if it's kill the Lich King, it's kill the Lich King. If it's kill the Lich King with skips, it's kill the Lich King with skips. And I'm happy to be your tour guide through the theme park of Wrath of the Lich King to help you hit those goals. I don't know if it's going to survive long enough for Lich King. There'll be the hardcores who come and go and come and go. And I think that's a healthy way to play the game. Uh, Content creation has gotten so bizarre around World of Warcraft just because of the downtime. And a lot of those talking heads use the system of World of Warcraft as their platform. It's kind of like when you watch a video game news show. On YouTube, it's, you know, someone just monologuing and it's got like random car racing footage or uh, Strife Hayes always has like random Warframe jumping around playing while he's doing like a big, big talk. Like World of Warcraft became that background game for so many content creators. And when that game became less than favorable or uninteresting to their audience, or maybe more so you would say uninteresting to them, they took that talking head and now do reacts videos or move that energy elsewhere. I don't know if Wrath has enough life by the time you say, here's classic, oh, I never got to play that, I'm going to check it out. Here's BC, oh, I never got to play that, I'm going to check it out. And then Wrath, that's the one I played the most. It's the one most people played the most. It's when the game hit the most subscribers it ever had. And I don't think that it's going to maintain energy because people are going to get in there, they're going to hear the you know, Howling Fjord soundtrack and go, ah, that takes me back. But then they'll hit that, I did this already. And then we got that fraction of a fraction of fraction by the time you get to Wrath Lich King or the Lich King himself, where they may have already done that. And I just don't know if it has legs by the time you cut it up in that many positions, make that many slices. I look at it more like what's the strength of the nostalgia for the period. And I think Wrath is the last World of Warcraft game that has a strong enough nostalgia. And they agree with you. Like developers come out and said, like, we don't know what's next because Cataclysm was not everyone's favorite. That 
direction of the game doesn't embody what we feel classic is. So do we release Cataclysm Augmented? Like it's all the Cataclysm abilities and the new zones, but we keep the world the same. Like we don't do the Deathwing thing. It's a very interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to think about it. Like, I, I also think about it like there's a reason there's original rides at Disney and others that they knocked down and have rebuilt two or three times. Sure. Like, yeah, Pirates has staying power. Haunted Mansion has staying power. Sorry, Horizons. Oh, and then, then, then uh, Indiana Jones is getting reworked. They're, they're putting... Oh, no, are, putting, are they? Yeah, yeah, they closed it up. They're going to augment it to release alongside the new Indiana Jones 5. You know, get some Whoa. get some 5 in there for you so you might enjoy it a little more. There's no way. There's right. There's <laughs> rapid whiplash. Did not plan to have this conversation, but you brought it up. Kyle, there's no way Indiana Jones 5 is good, right? Has there ever been a franchise that's done well after a bad movie? Oh, that's a good question. You, well, you you love uh, the, the Fast and the Furious. Surely that's, there's a sinker in there. That's that they a hard one. That, I mean, a lot of people think Too Fast and Furious is the worst in the series, and I'm I'm like to agree. I love it though. Well, I don't. I, um, you got to go deeper because two for Indiana Jones isn't great either, and oftentimes one is a complete picture, and then they go, "Oh wow, we didn't plan to expand this. What can we do?" And that's kind of. You know, they, they wiggle a little I'm bit. I'm trying right? to think of a good example because a lot of people are saying like James Bond, Fast and the Furious, Star Trek, but these are like, they just keep going. Like at a certain sure. point, they don't care anymore. They're just going to keep making more. Um, Does Suicide Squad count? Because it was like a soft reboot. Like they made one bad one, then they made another one with kind of the same cast, but with no continuity from the first movie. And it was really good. Didn't they do that with... Fantastic Four as well. I guess those don't count. Those, when, yeah, yeah. I'm, when you I'm remake struggling. it, someone said Prey. That's a good point. That came after a, a couple Predator stinkers. Okay, yeah. I I guess we really just don't picture Indiana Jones <laughs> I with would, Harrison Ford. I would argue the new Batman after Batfleck, <laughs> but we never got a standalone Batfleck movie, so I think that's a little unfair to 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 Ben Affleck. Who I kind I of liked in the role. I just didn't like those movies. Well, and you can break that continuity with James Bond or, you know, Batman where you move actors around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to think of a really good example. There is a way they can do it. Like, um, who's the guy from uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I'm thinking more Which of the guy. Comic. That's that's a uh, the one Sean that Sean Connery, Connery played. Yeah. He was Mr. Oh, Mr. you're Huntsman trying to think of the character's name? Yeah. I have yeah. no idea. Because there's a way you can do the pulp old man thing without constantly ripping on Indiana Jones. Like, you, know, you, you got your bucket list kind of movies. Oh, your, um, you know, I, I feel you. Or, I feel you. Uh, what, 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 Red. Wasn't it called Red where it was all the old assassins were all coming yeah. out of retirement? That was fun. That was, I had fun with fun. Red. That's, that's fair. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, there's a world, like, in that sort of vein, if they can capture the pulp with the old man like you have with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, not the movie, the comic. That movie was awful. Uh, I, there's probably, like, a like a NC-17 cut of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that might have actually been 
okay. That's fair. I think there's a problem with four that they didn't really try and make it about old man indie. They just tried to make make another indie movie, and because <laughs> I, you know, I do think of the uh, you know the the grizzled, you know, well traveled hero that is kind of done, but you know, gets called to action again. It's like all the westerns I like from from True Grit to modern westerns like Logan. Like that's the story, but. Indiana Jones 4, they didn't go that route at all. It was just kind of like a... felt like a, a not even particularly good Indiana Jones comic. Where they're just it like, was, oh, it was, he has an adventure. Here you go. It was just the monkey swinging scene. Was like, that that I, was it? There was nothing else in it. that movie you no, couldn't stand? And the leaves. And that's why I couldn't do that recent... Um, all the rings. The rings and they're driving through the forest with the wacky character in the side seat it's a marvel movie and the kung fu oh um, shang chi yeah the second they went in the cg forest i was like this looks like indiana jones 4 <laughs> I, and I turned it off <laughs> i could not take that flashback any further that movie was i thought that was kind of cool i like that be. part in shang chi no I no it was neat. bad I also i neat. you know like, i have a problem with mysterious villages in a space age can't can't do it like you know it's magic kyle you get the space and you look down and it's it's right there it's magic it's magic it's magic nano nanobots man it's all it's all gone nanobots where's where's dr strange's castle you like that movie oh yeah he's you well why are we looking at that monastery from space why aren't we looking at that monastery i thought uh i thought his his magical powers in the most recent one were the most messy part of it Mm. I really liked I liked the visuals that he was summoning forth demon hands and like a mouth to bite something, but uh, it didn't have a good yeah. language to it. Oh. Continuity. I liked every visual in that movie except for the third eye. The third eye looked like I did it. Oh, dude, Premier. the third eye was so it was bad. terrible. It was so bad. But everything else in that movie, I thought I really liked. I really like how that movie looks. But I digress. We have gotten well off the beaten path. Um, yeah, well, we were talking about World of Warcraft. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like Wrath. <laughs> Wrath was. Fun. No, and my point, my point in this is, I want to give more credit to you than nostalgia. I think a lot of people accuse any World of Warcraft or enjoyer of being too deep into nostalgia, but you have a legitimate love for that style, that world, and I think that's noble. So to me, it was the 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 best rendition of the classic MMO formula. I've played better things since. Sure. But there's, there's something about the classic nature of it that I enjoy. MOBAs are way smaller than we think. You know, it's, it's a whole ecosystem. And when all your friends play it, it can feel like it's your entire world. But the real, like, crunchy MMOs, like what is constantly being tried to, like, kickstarted or made new with things like New World... They're not all that popular. What people want today is story games like Final Fantasy has and then a chance to stick around like a good Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, right? Like to you, you do the big story, you become invested in the world, then you get to live in it. Uh, just so happens for me, the co-op gaming is amazing in Final Fantasy. So I'm that much more bought in for the whole ride. But there are expectations of, well, put on a podcast or, you know, a second screen, you know, watch a movie during an MMO that... People keep trying to capture, and I don't think there's much of a modern audience for it. 
I don't know. I think second screen games will always be a bit of a thing because I, I don't think it's just MMOs. I do that with, with strategy games as well. Like I second screen Civ a lot, for example. Oh, so yes. Yeah, I don't think it's a concept mm. that's lost uh, just because MMOs feel a little outdated because I don't think it's MMO specific. But yeah, Wrath Era World of Warcraft, that's like creme de la creme i'm gonna <laughs> intake other media right. while i play this that's that's the and you've pinnacle. already done it and the writing isn't so engrossing that you know outside of a couple quests where you really start to get curious and for me that was dragon blight you know for the most part you're not reading or really pausing what you're listening to uh i have this problem with total war games uh, particularly the new uh warhammer Total War, Warhammer 3. <laughs> it's such a mouthful. But anytime I touch those games, I just go, you know what? I'll play you when I'm 60. And we'll get like 30 years of computing power on top of this so that the turns are faster, so the load screens aren't as long for the battle segments. Like, I would 100% be trying to lock you into a co-op prolonged play of Total War, Warhammer. I think it's an incredible game. Mm. but the load screens are so bad even with an ssd dude it is horrible like you're sitting there for easy 50 seconds to get into a battle because i used to i mean back in the i used to play a lot of total war not warhammer i actually liked the historical ones um borrowed a copy of my roommate's rome 2 one uh when i was first kind of you know properly getting into starcraft in college and i was like holy crap what an insane RTS. Like, yeah, I was just so impressed by the technical capabilities of it that, yeah, I played, played quite a bit of Rome, did Rome three. I did their, um, what was it? Like revolutionary war empire, total war. I did that one. And then the Japan one they did was really fun too. And then I think that was the last one I played. The total war Warhammer games are amazing because they're building on themselves. Like it's, it's a games workshop kind of finance thing. Like, they know how to make money. Um, mm-hmm. And so with Total War Warhammer 1, you got one set of game. And in Total Warhammer 2, you got two sets of games, but you only unlock the first one if you bought the first game. And now we're on three where you got to own the two previous to even have access to all the factions. So they want you to spend $150 to play this video game. Mm. But it's, it's really nice. good. But every time you don't auto win a battle and you got to go into the RTS mode, it just clunks so bad. It's so archaic in that way. Well, I look forward to uh, partying with you in the in the nursing home when we're older. <laughs> we'll have nothing but time. It'll be a good time. <laughs> well, before we move on, Kyle, speaking of a good time, Proning your Patreon's a good time. I actually don't know how to oh. how to how to oh. reel that in. Okay, oh, you scared me. All right, yeah, no, no, bring it. If you enjoy moments like that, then you probably enjoy this podcast. And uh, hey, if you like what Kyle and I do, whether it's this podcast or the Grinding Gear Cinematic Universe <laughs> that now exists between our streams, our YouTube channel, our podcast and uh, everything else and you want to support us uh we've got a patreon and it's it is it is the best way to support us uh this is how we pay our bills 
And uh, we really appreciate everyone that's been coming on board as we've been, uh, you know, putting more time into YouTube and, and relaunching our podcast efforts as, as this new, as this new show. So if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, check out support our bromance.com. Uh, you'll get an ad free version of the show. You won't hear this part. But I'll still include the thank you. Got to thank you. You probably want to hear yourself thanked if it's the week you sign up. Or if you're a legendary level, you're going to hear yourself thanked every every darn week. Plus some other perks. We put out some bonus content last week, Kyle. We talked about our uh, our thoughts on the first episode of House of the Dragon. Really liked uh, episode two, by the way. Uh, yeah, I haven't... haven't. Throwing that switch I yet? Haven't thrown that switch yet? Yeah. So I guess we won't be uh, recording a bonus talk about that this week. But well, we can we can talk about how it's made. I watched the new season last night. Oh, did you? I haven't turned yeah. on how it's yeah, made in a very long time. I thought you were mad about how it's made. Oh well, yeah. There was a like Inception episode where they did how it's made assembly lines. So they made the assembly line that they make the things in, but it's gone less three D printer, which is really nice. We've moved away from that. So you know, mm, new okay. season, new season of how it's made's rocking, man. <laughs> <laughs> Skip the last season. I can't. Wait. I, actually, I am kind of legitimately. I, you're going to need to sell me on this. Uh, so, anyways, if you like what we're doing, you want to support us? Check out supportourbromance.com. Really appreciate it. Perks for every level. Thanks for the support, everybody. All righty. Well, we have a trailer park to visit this week. Yep. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, welcome back to Trailer Park. I love this segment. Whenever there's a new trailer, be it movie, television, video game, etc., that everyone's losing their shit over, we're probably going to talk about it here. And uh, this week, the, this comes to you via Kyle. Because I was, I missed this entirely. I like to think that I'm the one. I'm the one, Kyle, that's up to date on the pop cultures and what's going on. And I have to explain to you, someone who hates social media, despite being a content creator, uh, what's going on. But this week you were like, dude, did you see the cyberpunk Netflix trailer? And I'm like, what? And... Dude, this thing looks gorgeous. I'm totally going to watch this. It looks good. I ain't showing a lick of it on stream here. No, it is is extremely gory. I'm pretty sure there's sexual fluid is how I would describe it at one point. Well, you know, it's cyberpunk, right? Like, that's kind of (laughs) the thing. The thing about it. Uh, So this is an anime being produced by Netflix, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and it's being done by Studio Trigger. You might know from Kill a Kill is probably the big thing. Um, a lot of people I know were also into Darling in the Franks, Little Witch Academy, which is a huge departure from Darling in the Franks and, uh, and Kill a Kill. Uh, Little Witch Academy is very much more like a magic wizard school and they learn lessons about like trusting each other. You know, it's very, it's very childlike in that way. So again, a, a different departure here. For their new project, which frankly is gorgeous. Apparently, they also participated in Star Wars Visions. Uh, they did yes. the Twins episode and the it's Elder. Probably my favorite. Well, I really like the Twins one. It's utterly beautiful. It's very over the top. A lot of my more traditional Star Wars fanny friends didn't enjoy it. I loved it. I absolutely. Oh, oh I, I didn't know they did something called Delicious in Dungeon. Hmm. Oh, I'm a I'm a huge um, I fall for every single one of these. I watch just about everything called 
you know, so I was wandering a dungeon and I accidentally turned into a turtle. Like if, every if dungeon anime is that's in got, the title, you'll watch if it. Dungeon, Labyrinth, uh, Trapped in Another World. Oops, I slipped into a video game and now I'm a squirrel. Like every single one of them, I at least watched the first episode of. I love all of them. Well, I, I love the idea. Most of them are bad. A lot of them are really, really bad. Have chats going on some. I, I like yeah, Log Horizon, the one I've watched like total and full uh, Log Horizon being definitely one of the better ones of the trapped in MMO kind of genre. This is this is nutty levels of beautiful, this this trailer. So there's a two-minute trailer out uh, for this. It's called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It's coming to Netflix. As you said, done by Trigger. Is it Trigger Studios? Is that their official name? Yep. Okay. Uh, Studio Trigger would be Studio the Trigger. order okay. of operations there. Okay. Yeah, because the only thing I really know from them, because I didn't realize that they did Twins, the, the short for Star Wars Visions, is Gurren Logan. I haven't finished it. I do like it. Couldn't get Katie into it, which is when things don't get finished in this house. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do enjoy it. I, I think it's pretty funny and really pretty. Um, but this looks more up my alley because uh, it's the cyberpunk license, like actual cyberpunk. If you know the game or you know the tabletop, this is cyberpunk license. But cyberpunk as a genre is something I just really enjoy. So th- this is so, I love the colors. I can't get over the use of color in this on top of the fact that it's, the way Trigger does animation is just beautiful. They have a fluidness. Uh, it's it's very much that warped animation that in video games became popularized around the time of Overwatch, where you could pause a frame and they're completely distorted. You see this in old Disney movies too, like, uh, you know, uh, Mufasa being hit by a wildebeest. His face goes like, like fully stretches if you pause at the right moment, but it gives that sense of motion. It's also you know, very computer animated, but not computer animation. And I think this is right up my alley. The blood, the gore, like it, it's capturing cyberpunk. The thing that interests me the most about it is the CD Projekt Red part of this, that they're the ones helping to produce this project, which my understanding is cyberpunk never really recovered. I think I'm maybe on the outside of this, but Cyberpunk 2077 was a buggy mess on release and never regained its status. I've heard great things from people who powered through and said it's not that bad or even it's gotten better. But to me, they failed to deliver what I wanted, which was more of a GTA sandbox world where I could piss off the cops and jump in a future helicopter and run around. And- I'm right there with you. That's what I wanted as well. And when I heard that that's not really what it was, I lost all interest even after I heard that a lot of the bugs got short up, but the last thing I heard about it is it's pretty solid now, but um, yeah, I don't, although now you're mentioning it, I'm like kind of just, it's gotta be $2 and a taco now to buy a copy of that. I, maybe I should just go give it's it a look. not. No, they've been they've been keeping under lock and key. Granted, you know, Witcher's the same way. Witcher three is forty bucks, fifty bucks on Steam, and they put that on sale for six dollars every single summer Christmas event sale. But Cyberpunk still hasn't fallen below the thirty dollar mark. And once it does, like when that's sitting at like fifteen, yeah, it's time. I'm pretty uh, sure I've seen I, it below thirty during sales. Um, not I'm just so hurt. But- I'm so hurt by it. You know, I was so excited for that beast of a game to really dominate my life and be super immersive. And all the sort of touchstones I was interested in, like the, uh, the you know, messing with cops who don't just spawn around walls, but 
the whole psychopsychosis business of having too many augments. Like augments aren't like the trailer they showed back in the day where it was the doctor putting in your new eyeball and this, the whole immersive experience. After that happens, you just go to a shopkeep like you would buy armor for the Witcher or in an MMO, any RPG, and it just appears on you. Your arms now have blades in them. No pomp and circumstance and you know, getting surgery done on your crazy arms. And uh, that, that was a big disappointment. You, you need, you do need, it's to me, a sense of you, you, some of that body horror has to be in there in, in cyberpunk. Because that's the idea, right? Is giving up your humanity for these luxuries or weapons and becoming more a uh, machine than man. And it seems like they're really leaning into this with the show they're producing. Like it's more in the you go insane when you go online kind of vibe with a little bit of that ready player one kind of uh, got a fight in the world fight for real kind of game play. Mm. Uh, granted, you know, it's all explosions and they're playing um, Ode to Joy at like double speed in the background, which gives me Evangelion flashbacks, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I it's, still, I still love it. Evangelion. I don't care. It's still like this, this could be a super cut of all the action. And there's a lot of like sitting around and being trippy, which I won't be into, I but be I have a lot that. of faith in the studio. Into that. You, you gotta, you gotta give a, you gotta have a breather at some point. And if they kind of make it trippier or like a weird study of humanity, I could be into that. I have no idea where they're going with it, but it's, it seems like they might be capturing the cyberpunk aesthetic. Well, yeah. I was also sad to see like there was an explosion of the tabletop game after that game came out. Granted, you know, the game did not succeed. Maybe they should have done the popular thing at the time and paid um, uh, Matt Mercer to run a game. Oh, so, oh, do a tie in. Yeah, they did that for Diablo. They they do that for a lot of products. You know, they get the and I, you hear that's where the majority of that team makes their money these days like that's their big payouts is doing these sort of advertisement campaigns for Ad, ads do pay a lot uh, yeah it's, that would have been it would have been cool to see them engage in the real game because i definitely got into the handbook of it um downloaded a digital copy of the uh player's handbook for cyberpunk i could do that i'd be into that yeah, it's making me want to revisit. Uh, uh, we were talking during our our mid show break about how I've I've gone down a rabbit hole of wanting to acquire some 4K Blu-rays. Uh, have a nicer TV now. Didn't know until recently that my PS5 could play 4K. Makes sense because it's a 4K console, and I got the disc drive. But I just never thought to even look that up. Um, there I found out there's a 4K version of the OG Ghost in the Shell. And now I'm wondering if it's a really nice transfer because that movie I still think is utterly gorgeous. Oh yeah, no, that's a that is a crunchy display of its time period. Uh, that's how I feel about Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust as well. Just a beautiful, beautiful movie that yeah. would have too many corners cut in today's production schedules. Yes. Yeah, some of it for good. I, I understand not wanting to overwork your workers, uh, but oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it's, yeah. It's such a it's a minefield to walk. Like uh, morally, yes, go have better working conditions. But then personally, I still look back on the old, like the anime I grew up with, and be like, nothing will ever look this good again. Right, you got comes you know, close, the, man. Trigger stuff looks real good. It's a different the, style. It's cleaner, but. 
Boy, Little Mermaid nice. outsourcing bubbles, you know, to, to get enough bubbles drawn for their Ooh, underwater yeah. environments, right? Like, it, it, there, there aren't happy stories in animation studios or any production uh, thing, but they do keep making good stuff. And even their parent company, their, their previous, uh, this was actually a Guy, Gynax? Is that how you would say their previous studio that they sort of transformed from? Uh, did a lot of amazing stuff, including... Evangelion back in the day. Mm. I never watched uh, Corpse Princess, but that was right after Gurren Lagann. Never heard of Corpse Princess. No, no, I've seen it around Magic Wars and all that sort of stuff. I want to watch this. Me too. When it when it premieres, maybe we'll maybe we'll sync up. Yeah, that sounds good. Have a little. That sounds good. That'd be fun. I, I am. I'm curious to see what the medium of anime does for the project, because there's a lot of people that dismiss the medium the second they see it. But I would take this over live action any day for what they want to do with the internet and the energy of the production. Yeah. It it depends. Because you go the other direction, and I, I like uh, they, they're they're working on a live action Avatar: The Last Airbender series, and I'm like, why, why bother? Yeah. The anime already, technically not an anime, it already exists, and it's perfect. <laughs> like, what, what are we gonna do? What do we? That seems like such a again, I'm a, <laughs> that's a minefield. You can only disap- like you can you can only. There's so many ways to make it worse, but won't be as bad as live action movie. I'm sure. But <laughs> if you're not, I don't know. I, don't know. I got a lot of, th- a lot of thoughts. Uh, oh, did yeah. you ever watch the cowboy bebop? Thing? I watched the first episode. There's little glimpses of wonder. It, I think it was well cast. It is a terrible show. It has some of the worst action choreography I've ever seen. It's different when it comes from another product because that's how I feel about kaiju movies. Like, I do not care about any of the boardroom scenes shotted in your uncle's, you know, office building kind of stuff going on there. But, you know, when, when the battle's on, I really like it. So it's one of those things I sort of tune in, I, I turn it on, and there's these great moments where I plan D&D, I hang out, you know, I read my mm-hmm. phone, and then the monsters start battling, I tune back in. Yeah, yeah. The the one I kind of liked was the 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 Netflix live action Death Note because it's just not Death Note. It's just a goofy slapstick horror comedy that has a Death Note in it. <laughs> so for that reason, I actually end up kind of having a good time with it. It is not Death Note. Doesn't matter. Got change something. That's why yeah. I like that uh, the Last of Us trailer we saw last week because you were fundamentally changing the production of it to make it something I haven't seen before. I've seen Joel. I've seen him play guitar. Let's explore this with other actors. Wasn't guitar in the second one? Maybe he didn't Was get guitar on the guitar in the first one. I think he got on the guitar in the first one. Maybe I just digested too many like reviews of the second one. Cause I, I wasn't going to play it at the time. It, came the, out. The, 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 it controls notably better than the first. Like it's a, it just is a good stealth action game. It's, 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 it's satisfying to play. I like that game a lot. And one just got re-released. I need more hours in the day. I would like to revisit Last of Us. I do not have the time right now. But you know what I do have the time for? Oh, 
Final Fantasy fourteen. What is that final noise you have in there? It's Someone... uh, it's the from the intro of Banjo Kazooie when they fall in the water. There's like a monkey oh. noise. I don't know if Kazooie's making it or if just a monkey falls in, and I don't remember. But that's pulled from the Banjo Kazooie intro. Okay, it sounds like Kazooie melting in acid, but I'm glad it's not because I don't remember that happening. It could happen actually. <laughs> I believe it's Kazooie. I believe it's Kazooie. Um, we both, we did our first ever co-job stream this week. We've never played the same job at the same time, let alone in tandem with one another. But we did that this week. And we played Dancer in Final, in Final Fantasy, Fantasy 14. 14. Yeah. Which I cannot believe I like as much as I do. I'll get behind that. It's a fun it, job, man. It's a visual, satisfying action. So oftentimes in MMOs, things can get a little clunky. You know, I'm sure many of us have been like, oh, I'm over tab targeting. I'm over the, these sort of mechanics. Things are showing the seams, you know, with time. Honestly, I said that a lot three years ago that I was over tab targeting. In fact, I was just, over the current game I was playing. It's perfectly fine when I'm enjoying the game I'm in. So, uh, Dancer has this fabulous thing to it where you throw your glaives, your blades, your dancing instruments of pain. Your chakras, I think is what they call them. You throw them and they disappear off your character's model. They just like straight up deleted gone. And then half a second later, they slash on the boss and boomerang back to you and you catch them. So there's an animation to throw. There's an animation to pseudo catch. Not not entirely, but kind of there. They reappear in your hands. And then they slash on the boss. And as you are dancing around the battlefield and dodging the stuff and activating your various dancer abilities, you're literally dancing. That exchange, that feedback works so well. And I'm used to some some clunk, you know, like I've, I've played Bard, I've played Hunter in World of Warcraft. Like when you shoot an arrow and your gun's facing, you know, off to the side, to the left, and the bullet hits on the front, and, you know, then you spin backwards while you're running away, but you still shoot an arrow that somehow hits the boss. It could be a little immersion ruining, but Dancer had this great excuse with the way their weapons worked that I absolutely fell in love with and I found really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I just... On paper, when you're, it's a class that battle dances. I was like, hey, uh, I, I came from WoW. I like armor-clad, spiky, emo death boys. Um, this doesn't really seem like it's for me. Like, I didn't even really like Demon Hunter, which I thought I would have loved in World of Warcraft, but they were too weightless, frenzy, fast, slashy. I, I didn't I didn't really care for the aesthetic of, of Demon Hunter beyond just being able to glide around. That part I loved. Um, so I, I didn't think I was going to like Dancer, but yeah. Uh, it's just fun. And when I first picked it up, I completely forgot that it's a range class. Like, for the most part. There's certain moves where you need to be in, in close, but once I realized I could just be like moving around where I need to be for the most part and still landing attacks, there's just a fluidity to the way it works. It took us a minute or two. Cause you and I both like, we got, we got the job and then it's like, bam, here's all your abilities. And we're like, Holy shit. Why is there so much stuff on my bars? But you start hitting buttons and, and the job just guides you through it. 
in a way, it feels like playing MMO DDR. If you can think of like, it's, it's, it takes, so when WoW evolved from hard rotations to priority rotations, where, you know, if, if you ever looked at like, I want to say it was like post Wrath of the Lich King, maybe is when we started getting into priority over like old school rotations where like, if this is up, this has priority. If that is up, that has priority. And it's taking into account for a lot of the stuff later on in WoW procs. Dancer is like all procs all the time. And so you don't know necessarily what's coming next, but it will be very apparent to you. And as long as you press it, you'll do a decent job. And so in that way, it's like, I'm still mad. You know, I'm hitting keys on my keyboard to go through my attacks like an MMO, but it's so proc based. feels a little DDR-y. And I thought that was really clever and cute and I really enjoyed it. The only other thing they could have done better is like have a track moving towards me. Oh, flying towards, yeah, like a, a custom graphic there. Yeah, yeah. Probably actually wouldn't work, especially since you can put buttons wherever you want them, right? But I think it's more along the lines of a quick time event. You activate an ability that transforms your four key buttons into, well, basically your controller, like you would have for God of War, you know, Y, X, B, A. And Certain ones flash in a certain order. The more you do correctly, the better the buff or attack you get out of it. So I thought I, I love quick time events. I've, I've gone off enough. You can go back three episodes. What? I mean, heck, man, me love quick time events. What is what is rock band, guitar hero, dance, dance revolution? But like just quick time event the game. Like, you, yeah, because dance, dance revolution, you have four directions. Uh, you went up to what? Five in guitar hero six. I can't remember how many buttons is on a guitar hero controller. But sure, and then you have the unique combinations of you know hitting your feet in certain yeah, VR combinations, yeah, which, which dancer at least so far doesn't do. Um, but it is, it still kind of had that vibe, and it, to me, it was just the, the 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 fluidity of it mixed with I'm with you the satisfying attack visuals. It's yeah, I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting like a breakdance fighting from Zoolander which would have made me laugh, but probably not something I would have stuck with. But yeah, the way you throw your chakrams and the way they animate it, it is just satisfying. Like I do feel like, a, a, you know, I'm out on the battlefield having a fight, even though I am quote unquote a dancer. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's a bit of a misnomer, even though dancing is a mechanic within it. Yeah. It's not too different from what you would imagine a bard. There's a whole nother job called bard, but this is what you would expect from a, class if world of warcraft announced today hey we're making a bard class you're going to play your loot and it'll give out certain buffs and things and damage this would be the direction i'd want them to take that i am curious about some of your earlier statements because i played healer throughout vanilla bc and then i kind of stopped rating after that Uh, but certainly in bfa rated a lot as healer so i don't really know what you mean by priority rotations versus proc healing was so reactionary in the first place. Well, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, as more procs were added to World of Warcraft, the game kind of shifted from a traditional rotation of like, like I used to play Hunter, so you'd have a rotation of, of you just kind of cast these abilities in the same order every time in the olden days. But then as you know, more procs got introduced, it became a priority rotation where if this ability is available, it takes priority over your other available abilities, but it's not always available because it only becomes available after a proc kind of a thing. 
I see what you mean. So yeah, you're saying like you're going to do your poison shot, but don't hit it again because that's not that doesn't need refresh right now. It'd be lower DPS. So you're going to it's a bit of a you're gonna, that's a bit of a bad example because that would be a dot. And why would you reapply a dot before it's done all of its thing? That's just inefficient. Use right, right. But, but you know, but, let, let's say you got six buttons, one through six. They all have zero cooldown. A rotation would still exist because you would apply your poison and then not hit four for 30 seconds. And so you have this rhythm you go through. Yeah. So a lot lot of classes ended up with here's kind of your basic rotation. But when X, Y, and Z are available, they pull rank on your other abilities kind of a thing. And different permutations of that, depending on the energy system that your class has. If you have combos, all that kind of stuff, you can do all kinds of things you can layer on to make that more interesting. You played Shadowlands. Did they ever embrace... (laughs) <laughs> don't sound too guilty about it you played Shadowlands I did. <laughs> I'm not coming for you I'm merely curious about <laughs> class design and job design did we ever have a class that kind of matched this Final Fantasy structure of like I hit one two is glowing I hit two three is glowing probably because that feels uniquely Final Fantasy to me probably I'm sure there's a proc heavy class that I'm not privy to but I, I don't know of a personal example because rotations in Final Fantasy are so spelled out for you once you start hitting buttons. Rotations in WoW, for me, I always felt had to be looked up. Or, you know, you could discover them organically, just kind of optimizing yourself. Yeah. But oftentimes there wasn't anything in-game flashing to tell you that this ability is best after this one, nor was it enhancing stats of the next ability. We're getting multiple uh, examples from Chad of, of very proc-heavy classes in World of Warcraft. Okay. Warrior, I mean, Unholy DK, Elemental Shaman, Boomkin. Well, Elemental Shaman is what I think of from Prox, right? If, uh, BC Elemental Shaman, you know, my roommate in college, doing lightnings and then eventually gets a free instant lightning. So you are or a free uh, like frost shock or something along those lines. So you, you're hitting one, 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 and then four glows and you go slam. And then you go back to one, 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 one. Uh, not quite the spelled out order that final oh, fantasy has which good point jeff brings up rep pally which uh, i didn't play a lot in shadowlands but i did play a lot of uh, expansions before that and yeah rep pally used to be pretty proc heavy but it still wasn't as often as like dancer yeah in, in final fantasy 14 god I, I remember raiding as a rep pally when they first kind of made that switch to the what i think it was holy power which was kind of a pseudo combo system but it was so proc based that there were there were a couple fights one night in a raid where I just got so lucky with procs and my damage was ridiculous. And every other fight I was really unlucky and my damage was pretty poor. <laughs> I did raid uh, in an alliance group with Shieldwall um, as a red pally in Battle for Azeroth, and that was really really fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. They, they made uh, sadly, it fun. They, 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 I feel like they always kind of were down on damage a bit unless you got real lucky with procs, but I, I really enjoy modern rep pally. I'm curious. I'm curious if I will fall in love with the 50% system. Like I've got my classic wow brain goes, I crit, give me a proc. Like, yeah, like you get your free pyroblast or whatever. I'm down with the hit a button and get an instant pyroblast kind of thing. Uh, something about crits maybe it's just that all that time in blizzard or even dota was about this too in some regards but you you crit ability unlocks you do something really cool in final fantasy i've played a lot of red mage now and now dancer i'm not yet in love with this like 
cast a spell, 50% chance you get to proc. Like in Dancer, it's the feathers. And with uh, Red Mage, it's Ver Earth. There's a, there's a second proc, though, for Dancer besides feathers. Uh, I forget the ability, but because when you're not doing your dance, you're basically rotating like between two abilities. You're just doing like one on, for me, it's one, two, one, two. So I'm just doing one, two, one, two, one, two. But there's another ability besides feathers that procs. That's not a part of your dance. And I forget what it is. But, right. And, and one of those is the feathers, but, it, and you've definitely make your way through your rotation. Is it a fan or is it a feather? It's on a fan. I think the feathers are on a fan. <laughs> <laughs> the fe- Can possibly? you tell we just started playing the job? Possibly, but uh, one of one of the big reasons I switched to controller is because on keyboard I found it frustrating whenever it would fifty percent tell me to hit a button because I, I would just I'd be doing my thing and relaxing, vibing in my element, and he'd be like, "Hey, go hit this button." I'm like, "It's all the way over there." Oh, it's so troublesome. Oh, but on controller, I found it being like, "Hit this button." I was like, "Okay, nope, gotta follow instructions." That's what I do on controller. God of War, Assassin's Creed, whatever. Like sometimes you gotta. You gotta hit a button when it tells you to do it. Sometimes well, you gotta, just changing what you're controlling the game with just made it click for you. A huge, a huge difference. Like to me, the idea of like if I'm playing Last of Us, you know, something we were just talking about, um, I have to open a door, right? And it's a hidden load screen. You know, I gotta, I gotta pull down the chain. The door's gonna open. On keyboard, yeah, or on on controller, I'll hit I'll hit B all day long. You tell me to hit B B over and over again, even though I know there's zero pressure and you're just loading your game. I'm there. You tell me to hit the space bar ten times in a row. I'm like, this game's crap. I, I don't have time <laughs> on a keyboard to do this. You give me Mavis Beacon. I'd rather do that as my filler activity. You know, make all me right, smell I, something. I can feel that. I can feel that's how I feel about active time maneuvers in Final Fantasy XIV. Like they just don't feel right. They're, they're just, really good. On, yeah, they're going good on controller. It's, it's not satisfying to spam a keyboard key. I agree, but it is satisfying. For some reason, it is satisfying to spam a controller button. Yeah, yeah, because and then you kind of twist it. You get all kind of Mario Party up in there. You're like, hey, you know, I got the drum of it. But keyboard, I just can't. I just can't care. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's a little better when you spam multiple keys, which you should do. Uh, but. But it's still not. It's not the same. It's not the same as a controller. As a controller spam. Like there's those games that uh, shooter fans play to like train, where you like drag the ball and drag, and then it plays like you know music in the background. It's like DDR but for a mouse. Oh, like like mouse accuracy trainers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrendous. <laughs> Would never touch them. What a horrible activity. <laughs> you put a Wiimote in my hands, though. I'll dance. Sure. I'd rather dance on a DDR mat. Those Wii controls were pretty rough for anything that wasn't bowling. They were, they were really a hit or miss. Uh, did you ever own DDR? Did you ever get big into DDR? No, I dated someone who was really big into it though. So every time we were, I was over at her house, we'd be playing DDR. Mm, I, a, I owned a, a pad, a stint there where I played a lot. Was it the, was it the, like the expensive nice pad? Like you want like an arcade no, it, replica or the crap no. rollout one that if you don't, the if you're one. not careful about how you roll it up, eventually one of the directions stops working. Yeah. Yeah. It was a roll up one. Yeah. I wanted one of the nice foam ones. I didn't want to go full metal. You know, I didn't need a room dedicated to it, but uh, you know, those, fo- those rollout ones were not rocking. My biggest, pro- I got really good. I got really good for a time. Uh, mm. My hands always just, they, they go nuts. I don't know what all know my what coolness any, any coolness factor I would have playing DDR instantly dissolves because my hands are just contorting 
at my sides the whole time in my nervous energy. Next time we and do a, super lame. Next time we do cringeworthy, I'll have to add. Did you ever? Were you ever really into DDR? <laughs> Would you purposely approach the DDR machine at the movie theater to show off? And the answer is yes. Mm. I had a couple songs. I had a couple songs. I believe one was called like "Blow My Whistle, Baby." I was really good at. <laughs> See, that was me and Guitar Hero and eventually Rock Band. I was really, really into that. Uh, and I was pretty good. I wasn't 100% on Through the Fire and the Flames good, but I was pretty damn good. Definitely the best among my circle of friends. And we used to, we one day, because I could talk for hours about this, but we used to like, we had a multiple parties spill out of our house into the street. So many people came for our rock band parties. Like it was weird, but. And you're going to laugh at Phil Spencer. CEO of Microsoft Gaming, bringing up Guitar Hero as one of his big acquisitions. Yes, He's because I am, it back. I am acutely aware of how Activision bodied that game, just drove it into the ground and ruined it. I am extremely, extremely aware of it because I used to love that franchise. What'd they do wrong, in your opinion? They didn't stop making them. They would put it out annually like it was a FIFA or a Call of Duty, sure. and they wouldn't freaking do enough new with it. For me, it was the DLC stuff ending up in my playlist that I hadn't purchased. Like, I'd be scrolling through my songs, and I would see DLC songs inserted in there. It was also just, like, Guitar Hero 3 was decent, but then Rockman came out, and you're like, oh, this, because harmonics went off. They left and made Rockman, and they were the ones that made the original two Guitar Heroes. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Rockman was what harmonics went and did after Activism purchased the, you know, the rights to Guitar Hero. And, and to me, like harmonics who've been acquired again. Uh, so I have no idea what the hell's going to happen to them now. But they, to me, as a, as a big nerd, like music nerd, I love music. And I love rock music. Um, they had a special sauce. Like there was a, a purity, a passion, a love for that type of music that came through in their work and in their games that Guitar Hero 3 was decent but it didn't have i don't know it was kind of missing that extra layer of i really give a shit about this that the harmonics games had i can feel that particularly because guitar hero 3 from what i remember years and years ago the beats didn't matter they just kept doing songs that weren't good for guitar hero like it wasn't they weren't enjoyable to play nor did you hit the buttons on a guitar rift that was satisfying to hit they were just songs I, I I exited immediately after three. I just started playing Rockman, so I can't really speak to the latter installments. Was three the one with the guy with the hat? <laughs> or is that two? <laughs> are, you talking about, are you talking about, uh, oh my God, I think I actually, I can decipher that extremely vague. Were you talking about uh, Slash? Yeah, Slash, Guns yeah. Roses? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. three was the one with Slash. So three had the wireless controller on Wii, so I played that one a lot, a lot. Because you could lounge a bit more with that wireless control. But the songs weren't as lovingly crafted nor selected. I had it on 360 and they had a wireless controller for 360. So with, that came out with three. And yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, we would do that. So what, um, what crossover celebrity would you want for your dancer job in Final Fantasy XIV? <laughs> Final Fantasy sells out big. Start. I mean, they did the Tom Holland uh, trailer for Shadowbringers. So there's 
you know, they've already got some he actors. Can, Tom Holland can dance. Have you seen? Yeah. His, that dude. I Him really with the like umbrella and all that and the tights. Yeah. Tom Holland is I've a seen... likable dude. He is. Uh, I'm trying, I mean, you could do it with the glams, right? You could have, uh, I guess they don't do celebrity glams. They oh. don't do, yeah. But they don't make a job specific, but I would want that. Give me some like crazy lady Gaga get ups for my dancer. That'd be wonderful. Hmm. Get out there in a meat dress and start busting a move. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you know, to be honest, the the dancing, I'm not sure what the influence of exactly is. They played, I believe, a flamenco song when we did the trial. Oh, it definitely had that vibe. Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen to it closely. But yeah, I think of flamenco as well. It was a cover. It got us. It got us a copyright. Thing. Oh, did it? Oh, of course it did. <laughs> YouTube. Of course it did. Because <laughs> they used a real flamenco song. Oh um, my god. But I don't. I don't know if that's the dancing inspiring it, like the. The outfits are are one thing, the weapons, but then the the battle dancing. I don't know what that exactly is is coming from. So I struggled to put a celebrity in my my <laughs> dancing. I I love if they like embodied more types of dances, like you were a master of dancing. Oh, that'd be interesting. Or if it was like a customization where you could choose like the style of your animation. I would do river dance so fast. (laughs) If I could tap dance out my blast, like be building up and then with your chest out, sweaty, Michael Flatterly kind of thing going. Your boots are all torn up at the end of the night. River dance is just what you, it's, it's, it's dancing. You're only command 50% of your body. There's nothing happening above the waist in river dance. A beautiful man is happening above the other half. Like he was ripped at his as peak. Oh my god, you freaking would. You you would have a love for Riverdance. blast out of your navel the energy <laughs> at your enemies. Strike a pose. I would I would pay. I would pay downloadable content to transform my dancer to river dance. <laughs> I'd want I want some, you know, uh like early 2000s late 90s like hip-hop dance routines that's what i would want you want to get like down in the camera like yeah. you know really yeah. like in a, in a living inside were, a cheese grater there were multiple times i wanted the intro quest to go full on like uh, you got served or step it up and it never did and i would i would i would welcome that in the final fantasy 14 mm. those are cheesy movies I oh they're like they're, they're horrible i uh, but yeah but that style of dancing i think would be kind of cool to see in game well, the stakes are high. They you know, have such a, they have extremely modern clothes that you can get <laughs> in Final Fantasy fourteen. It just to me it would them. make sense. To me it would make sense, but yeah, uh, th- this is the, so earlier when we were talking about Wrath, and I was like, you know, we did a thing in Final Fantasy fourteen this week that makes me just want to go get my grind on in that game. This was it. Like, I almost texted you to be like, dude, would you be mad if I just started leveling my dancer more? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, well, we are doing it together. Go level something else. Go level something else so we can keep it together. Okay, okay. Right. I do have one more admission. I did. I cheated on you this week. What'd you do in Final Fantasy fourteen? I cheated on you. I did something for the first time without you. What's that? I went to heaven on high. <gasps> you didn't without me. Yeah, I wanted. How was to, it? I wanted to get some levels for my summoner, and there was a group running, and they invited me. I was like, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, at least some people were there. You weren't going in, you know. All by yourself without me. Yeah, no, I, I was invited and I was just like, this would be more efficient than what I was about to go do on my summoner. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it dude, it's just better palace of the dead. It's Oh, it's mean. basically identical but better. So yeah. Like better layouts, better um uh, the tre- there's more and more varied treasures that do cooler things. Like you know what you're getting out of the out of the lock boxes? Oh, the little buffs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's more different types of those, and there's really powerful ones you get where you can just summon a primal that murders everything on that level, and it's wonderful. Okay. Right. Yeah, that, that part's cool. And also, I just like the surroundings better. It's basically Palace of the Dead, but instead of the kind of brown cave, you're in, like, Kugani Castle-looking uh, rooms for the whole thing. So it's more well-lit, better graphics. I think I think it's just more pleasant surroundings to be stuck in. Can't believe you did it. <laughs> no, that's great, man. That's great. But well, we got we have a lot of leveling to do because we're yeah. working on getting all those jobs up. I'm almost seventy on my astrologian. I've got half a level to go there before I can call that done. And um, oh, honestly, yeah, I think well, it would be better if we got to basically eighty on all of our side things. So it's just, we're just ready to roll on whatever roll quest pops up. I was up to way more important things last night. I spent two hours. I, I was sent a snap emoji where you go in the air. Oh, I was too. Snap. I was yeah. too. Yes. So I integrated that into a macro with weight commands so that my character reaches in the air and snaps and my HUD automatically transfers to if it's keyboard or uh, controller. Oh, man, And that's then it good. changes out my glam and my job. That's So good. I snap in the air and my outfits change and I spin my weapons and stuff like that afterwards with some weight commands. Holy so. crap. I uh, Someone else told me that they macro it uh, to all of their, when they change jobs. So every time you change jobs, you snap and change what job you're in. Yeah, and that's exactly it with extra steps. What I did was I that with extra steps. I need to figure out how to make that macro. It's I need pretty to out easy. How to make that macro. It's pretty easy. I'll send you. I'll send you my text. You can copy paste it. And I'll send you my text. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for who sent that to us. By the way, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, do you want us to do some Q and A before we wrap this up? Absolutely. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can send your emails to feedback at startgrindinggear.com or if you're supporting us on Patreon or you're a member of the YouTube channel, we've got a, a dedicated patron and member only chat channel with a uh, dedicated channel in there to questions for us. Feel free to tag us too, especially if you want a question right away and it's not for the show. But uh, we're working our way through here. And uh, this one just made me giggle. And I know we've both lived places with exotic animals that are just running around all the time trying to get in your home. Luke wrote in and said, after a recent encounter with a bat in my apartment, I'm wondering what sorts of encounters you've had with wild animals in your home besides (laughs) baby turtles. (laughs) Which is a reference to Katie found 13 baby turtles in her backyard and showed it on stream like a month ago. (laughs) Uh, I had a rat in my house in Chicago. I can't say like, I I can't think of any like local fauna that really encapsulate. Well, I guess, you know, Chicago, you know, city, city rat in my house, I guess kind of encapsulates the uh, experience. I had (laughs) pigeons, like lots of pigeons. I, I had a, light well that was connected to my office and my kitchen like a priest it was no sort of it was (laughs) so imagine four apartments in a square yeah and then the middle of it they had a big hole where windows faced and got some light but also the windows all faced each other so you could stare in each other's windows it was a horrible design you know 
<laughs> it, it just meant you had some light in your middle rooms, which was kind of nice, but didn't service very well. Anyway, the bottom was a big steel sheet. Like you would have over uh, your cookware and stuff like that. One of those, anytime you touch it goes, whoa, one of those you'd shake and it'd do thunder noises for a stage production middle school. So constantly throughout the winter, you'd hear because pigeons lived all over this light shaft and they die and dead pigeons would fall past your window repeatedly throughout the year and hit the bottom drum. Boom. So every time it rang out, you knew a pigeon had died. (laughs) Little wings to heaven. Oh my God. (laughs) Their way out. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Um, that's horrible. <laughs> when you said, when you mentioned the rat, I'm like, oh, that's pretty pedestrian. Everyone gets yeah, a rat at yeah. some point. Exactly. Pigeon- battle one. <laughs> why, were, why were so many pigeons dying? Winter. I don't, it, like what likely happened. Were they you dead know, or it, did it just kind of like freeze like an iguana in Florida when it gets below 40 and they just, you know, kind of fall over. So this was an older apartment. This is the kind of apartment where you get the big plastic sheets and like glue them around your window so that it protects against the heat leaking out. I don't know. You've never lived I, in the North. I, just, I just had no idea that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you like big trash bags, basically. You buy special trash bags that you shrink wrap with a, air, um, a blow dryer and sort of vacuum in the window so that it creates a barrier for the heat. You were, you were not selling me on moving somewhere cold. This sounds, this sounds horrible. No, you, you were there for the city and the experience, not to actually live there. But, <laughs> so probably in like a predator vision way, these pigeons would be flying over my apartment complex and see this well of heat, like, you know, like, uh, like Frostpunk, like this big heat pile emanating through three floors of windows all facing each other. And they just all hang up in a circle all around the top, just catching those waves coming out so naturally when they were uncomfortable or near the end they would perch on your window and they'd go oh my god fall down dead attempting to stay cold in the winter this i i had i didn't ask you ahead of time if you were ready to answer this question and i couldn't in not in a million years would i have guessed this would have been your answer me neither (laughs) it's a city experience right Jeez. Uh, well, I live in Florida, so I have a lot of these stories, but the one that sticks out in my mind is probably the worst one that's ever happened in the home that I'm currently in, uh, which this was some years ago. Now, if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram feed, you can find a video of this. But Katie used to leave for a trade show two times a year. So I'd be stuck home alone, you know, taking care of the animals and, uh, one of the years she was gone doing her trade show. And so what you need to know is all you need to know is I would let the dogs out multiple times a day. We have a backyard. I would just open the back door and let them out, let them back in so on and so forth. And, uh, so anyways, I, uh, I get up one morning all by myself. All right, let's, I'm going to go out back, feed the girls, the dogs and, uh, let them out. So we have a, in Florida, what is called the sunroom. It's just like, you know, all windows and uh, in our house, sliding glass doors to get out there, even though it's still part of the house. So I open the sliding glass door. I step down into the sunroom and I hear something, Kyle, I hear the sound of something like rubbing on the ground. One might describe it as I hear slithering. Sure. And I turn around 
and I see about a four foot long snake <laughs> just cresting this support bar on our dining room table. <laughs> it had, it was apparently stuck out in the sunroom with the dogs. And when I opened it, it just slithered between my legs. I didn't even see it. And uh, yeah, so a snake was in my house and then it went behind, you know, the Ikea cubes that everybody has. Absolutely. I've got some too. We've got the biggest one of those and it just went and hid behind there because immediately my two cats, uh, Dexter and now Sherlock who's sadly passed. That's why you never see him on stream. He's, he's gone. But at the time I had, we had, I had two cats, Dexter and his brother, Sherlock just converged on this snake. And uh, that that sucker, I've never seen a snake move so fast in my life, just went right behind the Ikea cubes and just made himself at home so the cats couldn't get to him. And what I'd, kind of snake? Uh, it was just a garden variety black snake. Thank sure. God. Because uh, we have seen coral snakes here, which are horribly poisonous. Like, they will kill you. Yeah. Um, I have seen those, but they're rare, thankfully. No, it was just garden variety black snake, so I, I don't want to kill it or anything. Um so yeah, it was just in the house. And yeah, you, you can, if you scroll back far enough on my social media, you'll find a video of that thing coiled up behind my Ikea cubes. I called uh, our mutual friend, you know him too, Ben. I called him up and I was like, hey man, really weird request, but can you come help me get a snake out of my house? <laughs> uh, and he brought over a fish net, like a fishing net, like you would, you know, bring on a boat to you oh, pull up a, a fish idea. that's a little too big. And yeah. uh, I ended up kind of pulling aside the cubes to make like a, a a cone to where it was the the tightest point where the snake was coiled, and then it opens wide ahead of him. And then we just laid the net down in front of that opening, and then I just poked him with a broomstick, and he went running. And as soon as he walked over the or like slithered over the the net, Ben just picked it up, and we had a snake in a net. <laughs> and that's how we got the snake out of my house. I released him into the local swamp, and I'm sure he. He lived out his wonderful a long slithery yes, a snake long days. happy yep, little yeah. little snake kids. Yep. Yeah. You know, After that, man, dude, I found snake shit all over the house. So it was just hanging out in the house all night. It clear it must have got in the night before. And it was just chilling. And I found a bunch of it by uh the cat food bowl. So I think it slithered over and ate some cat food. <laughs> That's, that's a sacrifice you can take. Yeah. 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 So that's my that's my encounter with wild animals. Luke, I could also tell you a story about the time I was chased and almost run over by a cow. Uh, uh, multiple times where I was almost bitten by a water moccasin. Yeah, I got I got some stories. I got some stories. But yeah, that's the big one. That's the big one. Fjord Explorer asks, completely different question. How much do you keep up with the content of other MMO-centric creators, if at all? I know for Final Fantasy XIV in particular, the spoiler risk for creators like Preacher Pint is probably a barrier for now. Um, I don't really watch any game content anymore. I, I used, did for a bit. I used to be really into WoW podcasts. That's how I got how I even learned what a podcast was way back in the day. Um but I don't really consume much anymore. I listen to, I listen to a couple gaming podcasts because um, I've, I've always been a Giant Bomb fan, and I still listen to Giant Bomb. And obviously, I, now I listen to Nextlander. Um, but uh, as far as MMO specific stuff, I don't really consume anything. Every once in a while, I'll watch, I'll, I'll check in on uh, Talius and Nevatel because I like those two. I think they're good people. I like seeing what they're up to. But 
I don't really play WoW anymore, so I don't have a whole lot of a reason to to watch their videos. Um, so yeah, I just don't watch much. Period. I watched a lot while I was window shopping Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, that was right around the time when Asmogol was into it. Uh, Bellular was also making a lot of videos, so I was I was curious about the game and I digested a lot there. Also, you know, I, I was a newer dad at the time, and when a baby falls asleep on you, you have your phone. And I'm not much of a mobile gamer. So YouTube is where I ended up. And I was like, oh, this is what this is for. Ah, I get it. I get Okay, that's why people watch YouTube comment. I started doing that since I was prim- primarily a podcast listener. But you had to get your headphones in. You had to, you know, it's longer form content than the five or even 30 minutes you're going to watch over there. But as for MMO-centric content, I've definitely dropped off quite a bit I, I fear that the Johnny Depp trial for streamers fundamentally changed the way people do react content, and things haven't felt the same since then. Uh, not even like, a, oh, it's all soundbitey. No, it, it's just things are a lot less thought out. And as content creators, of course, you know, I think everybody who touched World of Warcraft you know, even us with Heroes of the Storm, it's like, this will last a million years. This is the future forever. I'm going to be one game, you know, expert. That went away for a lot of content creators when Blizzard scandals hit. And a lot of those products have, you know, fallen quite a bit or just you disagreed with the company and its practices. So they had to move out. So there's less experts in the content creator sphere than there was. And that was something I really responded to. I really responded to Bellular and Asmongold knowing everything. And as their audience argued with them, they could talk back from the, from a place of expertise. And their views on other games were more interesting when they had expertise in World of Warcraft because they could relate that game to something that I was now digesting. But now we've a lot of us, you know, a lot of streamers have become more general to survive these storms and these changes in corporate environment you had to diversify um exactly i cannot help but think of the the strife haze the recent strife haze video where he interviewed a ton of mmo creators that i did consume i listened to watch some of it listened to every second of that thing i found it wildly interesting it was such good shop talk it really really was if you want to know what it's like in the to get into the head of a content creator that strife haze video is god tier um and uh, I really agree with it. Like there, there's a whole section of that video where, the, where he, he gets into the, this, this trend of, of games as a service content creators needing to diversify. And I, I think it was, it was inevitable. inevitable. There's, there's a reason. Um, wow kind of set the stage for only game content. And then it also kind of destroyed that stage. <laughs> And uh, I, th- in, a, in, a, in a roundabout way, I think it was a good thing. I, I feel so much more fulfilled as a game player right now. It reminds me more of when I was younger. And I would just play whatever I want to play because I wanted to play it. And it didn't feel like it was a, a second life, for if you can please excuse that horrible phrase. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious to go back once I'm curious, or once I'm curious, once I'm current, in Final Fantasy 14 and consume some of the more the more popular content. Um, we've started to scratch the surface of, of doing a little bit of Reacts content, you know, uh, now that some joke ad videos are safe for us to watch, and I really enjoy those. Um, 
And uh, I've said on stream before, I watch a little bit of Zeppla. Uh, I like her. I like her clips channel for whenever there's like uh, really current controversy. I like hearing her breakdown uh, of that kind of stuff. So that that's really the only thing I watch with any any somewhat regularity in the MMO space these days. Yeah, her her videos are great because she understands the community so well. So she can explain to me as still an outsider, certainly for Endgame, why something might be dramatic or scandalous. And I enjoy the comedy that she. I know it's probably it's probably not for everyone, but I enjoy uh, the punny nature of her her bun jokes and whatnot that she makes throughout it. I think the cuts are very to me puns well are among the highest form of comedy. Like, yeah, uh, you can't get enough of them. Uh, something I've gotten really into, which I didn't expect, is just like summary videos. Uh, there's a bunch of these that are made throughout the internet where someone does like a retrospective on a game that you may have loved, like why Dark Souls was so good, why Dead Space was so good. And after watching the Stripe Haze videos, like uh, that really speaks to me because oftentimes I will be like, man, I love Dead Space one. Oh, that'd be such a great experience. And I powered up. I'm like, all right, 40 hours. That <laughs> it's reliving this is going to be rough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone did an hour and a half long summary of all of Dead Space and they agree with me. It's good. Hell yeah. I've hit play. <laughs> let's watch that. You know, take me three nights. God. Sure. But let's watch that. I feel that. I feel that. I've been wanting to rewatch Breaking Bad and, uh, and actually did crack that this week. Um, saw your high school, Kyle. It was wonderful. Uh, nice. But, but, but I was scratching that surface with uh, like Breaking Bad video essays <laughs> for a bit there. I was scratching that itch with that. Um, yeah. It's a huge problem for MMOs. Like if you want to do a does, does the battle with the Lich King hold up video, how many hours is that? to make that content, to get there and create that video, not just filming it, but the leveling, the, the guild you had to put together, everything. It's, it's a madhouse. It's absolutely insane how much work it would create. It'd take to create that. Whereas instead you could go play, Hey, was Glover any good? And Glover will take you 10 hours and I'm, it'll take you two hours to figure out if it was good or not. It was crap. Glover was crap. Absolutely awful. Oh, you know what? I want to see if it still holds up to my memory is Gex. Gex does not hold up. No. <laughs> Gex does not hold up. And plus all the jokes Gex. make no sense now because you don't know any it. of the celebrities. I love the dude. Have you listened to a, like a like a nineties Eminem song recently? Is he talking about Gex? No, but I'm just talking about references that are so of their time. Go, go listen to my name is. And and just be like, wow, this is a point in time. <laughs> it's there's some really outdated references in those old Eminem songs. Anyways, I'm also laughing because uh, Sonic Rose, who who gifted that uh, that emote to us, just uh, sent me a, a long uh, a couple links for YouTube videos so I know how to macro snapping while changing my. Gym. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, Thank they were giving so. me the big a big rundown yesterday. I asked a lot, a lot of questions. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, I, I, along Fjord's question, Fane asked something similar because Fane asked if we went to LunarCon and if we did how we liked it. Um, I I did for a hot second. I went to uh, the first night of the rave, which I think was 70s, 80s night with a DJ on uh, Twitch. Oh, and nice. That was wonderful. That was really cool to finally attend my first proper rave. Uh, it's also when I the first time I ever realized that Final Fantasy 14 had a maximum number of other players they could show you. Cause it looked really weird. There was just a radius of people around me and then an empty dance floor. 
because that's how many damn people were there. Um, but beyond that, we didn't really experience any of it because uh, I felt like most of the content there was panels, and I was very afraid of being spoiled. Right. I caught uh, clips from the Joe Cat interview that folks sent us. Uh, we got name dropped a few times, which was really freaking cool, but it was also just cool to listen to Joe Cat's thoughts on uh, being a creator who gets <laughs> reacted to. But that that was about it. So I I, I kind of just barely scratched the surface of LunarCon. But what little I saw, I thought was really neat. I hovered outside of it. You know, a very characteristic thing to do. I wallflowered mm. the business. And for our listeners uh, who may not know what the hell we're talking about, LunarCon is an in-game convention in Final Fantasy XIV put on by the community. It's unofficial. And the amount of people that turn out for this is pretty nutty. Yeah, you, they they pack houses like you can't get more people. So people form lines outside so they can queue up and get indoors to see the event. People redo their houses to host these events. It's a whole thing. It's been going for multiple years. So it is a well-oiled machine in that way. In fact, have I multiple houses on multiple drama. wards so that yeah. they don't like, you know, so they can deal with server load issues. It's wild. It's wild. It was cool, though. It was cool. Sammy said, uh, besides 14, what are games or media or real life things that you're enjoying right now? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, my son, who is almost three, got super into Spider-Man. Yes. Just spoke to his soul. Something about shooting webs, swinging around, jumping, climbing. So we've been watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends from the 1980s. We've been watching the old, well, I think it's 64 spider-man episodes and he he loves that he, he thinks venom's a bit scary but very cool so we we hide but we watch whenever venom shows up uh in some of that newer stuff which is why we moved to the older stuff because you know a little less you know venom being on screen being spooky for a three-year-old but <laughs> he is nuts about spider-man so a lot of my a lot of my weekend is spent doing spider-man so that's what, that's what i'm digesting right now i uh i love spider-man spider-man and batman were my favorite superheroes growing up P- opposite end of the scales one very fun love and life the other very dark very broody although i did watch quite a bit of the adam west batman as a kid too so i wasn't all tim burton i was exposed to both both ends of the batman spectrum uh, the overly giant bombs. I can see Tim Burton and Adam West Batman crossover finding pretty well. There. <laughs> finding well, common ground. That, Tim Burton did the movies, right? The Batman movies. So you know, it was, well, that's what I'm talking there about. You go. This, this, yeah, this, we yeah. were, you know, I, first one evolution came out when there. We were tiny, but yeah, uh, real life is just a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of fixing stuff around the house. <laughs> I like it when it's done. I don't like doing it. Um, we've been just trying to enjoy our weekends and just not work as much as possible. Cause I've life is busy right now with school being back in session. So like a couple weekends ago, we went to Epcot and that was lovely. I love going to the parks, man. I am 100% and I hate that this is a term, but I am, I'm a Disney adult. Apparently can't stand that term. That's fine. But yeah. just, oh, it just, it just forces me to relax. I am stuck somewhere where the only thing I can do is go enjoy myself. Because if I want to do work, then I have to, it's a two hour drive home. <laughs> if That's I'm what how it's made for. If I'm in line. <laughs> <laughs> how 
how it's made. You put that on at night, you know, there's no cares. You can't, it's, it's five minutes long, you're gonna see how banana bread's made. Like, what are you gonna get up to? You gonna whip out your phone, start researching banana bread? No, next thing's on, next thing's on, next thing's on. I've, I've been really, you know, I've been really enjoying television. I've been watching a lot of TV lately in my evenings just to, you know, put my brain somewhere else other than actively thinking. And uh, liked a lot. Uh, the, 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 the Better Call Saul stuck the landing. It's it was wonderful. What a great show! Uh, just watched all of the bear in like a week. I loved that show. You would hate it. Uh, Only murders in the building. Just finished season two. I'm enjoying She Hulk, which I didn't think I would enjoy. That looks fun. It is fun. It's it's remarkably like old school comic book. Like it's funny and kind of lighthearted. They do the fourth wall breaking that exists in the comics and it works for me. It's yeah. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying television right now. Nice. Yeah. I am impatiently awaiting the third book in, uh, the lock tomb series. If you're a Gideon, the ninth fan, that's the next thing. Oh, is that, is that what's overall called now is lock Tomb. the lock tomb is the, is the, uh, whole series. Oh, like a key, the locked tomb. Yes. Okay, yes. not not fantasy words. There, there's real words. There's still a major mystery with an actual locked tomb that is hanging over this series. And they're going to do it in book three? Uh, I don't know, because there's going to be four books. So, uh, No, I hope they don't. I don't know Aaron Yeager that this out is, into oblivion. What, Aaron Yeager? What? Uh, the, 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 the attack on Titan, they teased oh. out. Never liked it anyway. for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Never liked yeah. it anyway. It doesn't matter because uh, everything that has been happening is still good. Like, I really like the first two books and they're wildly different. The second book is insane. Uh, the, the point of view they wrote it from compared to the first book. But uh, yeah, patiently awaiting that to release. That'll be the next thing I throw myself into. That'll be the next thing that helps me go to sleep at night. So that'll be the how it's made for me. And then Vivi wrote in and said, in Final Fantasy XIV, what is your perspective on melee uptime in this game and range classes dealing similar damage while having a lot more movability and flexibility? Well, it's mm. funny. Should say that. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't answer this question until this week because after playing Dancer, holy shit, it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not running damage meters because I don't want to break the terms of service. Um, so... I don't really know how much damage I'm doing, but I felt so much more relaxed playing Dancer. And I realized that... Well, honestly, Dancer is kind of specific because I've I've played a good amount of Summoner. But Summoner has some... Ca- a lower level Summoner has some cast times. So you feel rooted at points. And you just do whatever you want on Dancer. Do they Wonderful. have similar DPS, though? Granted, I'm coming at this from a samurai perspective, and I'm pretty sure samurai gives out no buffs to anybody else at any level and is therefore elevated to do more damage than your normal melee DPS might because you're not helping anybody else but yourself. And in that way, as samurai, you're often one of the first buffed. If someone is giving out buffs, they'll go to the samurai because they do so much damage. If, if that illusion holds up, then I'm okay with it because I do have to work extra hard. If it doesn't actually hold up in the numbers and the dancer, or uh, I guess maybe you know another range class would probably work better, but you know let's go with dancer for this. If if a melee if a range is actually doing as much damage as melee and they don't worry about positionals and dots and as heavy of a sticker rotation, then yeah, that, that's a little disappointing. 
chat's saying in general melee does more, but they're also saying that a lot of times buffs given out, the extra damage from buffs is considered, like, would go to whoever sent the buff out. Right. But you would want a good number on your character, so you would give the buff, you'd dance partner with the samurai, for instance. They'd be kind of right. at the top of that list. Right. It's interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah, to me, to me, dancer is like the most relaxed I've ever been in this game. So I would agree. There's no cast times. You normally don't need to be close to anything. There are some exceptions, but for the most part, yeah, it's dancer. You got to remember your fun. dance partner, you, and I, you do it once. I know, but I forget. I'm going to forget for a while to even activate that as I first get in the instance or mm-hmm. when not the dungeon. Uh, and then I'm really excited for that to grow. I want more. I want a longer combo. You know, just doing two buttons in the Simon Says mechanic doesn't satisfy my need to be better. So I, I, want, I want that to go like four or six. Or mm. I, I know there's another step that I think can make it longer. And I'm, ex- I'm excited to see if that gives the complexity I'm looking for to really invest in the class. Job. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I don't think it's enough that it's like going to make me play one over the other. I don't think it's that big of a of an inconvenience to be melee or anything like that. But boy, howdy, the dancer just click. I'm just like, oh, this is just nice. I'm just having a good time. So thanks for your questions, everybody. Keep them coming. Feedback at startgrindinggear.com. This is going to bring us to the end of this show. Oh, that means it's time for me to... Hey, oh, an oldie oh, but a goodie. Oh, look at that. Look at that. An oldie well, but a goodie. Hey, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And if you're a patron or a supporter of us here on YouTube, an extra super special thank you to you. You can support everything that Kyle and I are making by going to supportourbromance.com. It'll take you to our Patreon. That's where it'll go. And uh, thank you to our recent patrons, Thomas Chambers. Thanks for We really appreciate it. Thank you to the support for age or two, AJM. Alex P, we appreciate it. And Helen M. Thank you all for your support. Yeah. Check it out, supportourbromance.com. And there's a very special level of patrons that we thank each and every episode, and that's our legendary level backers. So thank you to Sean B, Mike R, Stephen J, Ross A, and Wyra E. If you want to uh, get a thank you each and every time, and you just like us that much, that you want to support us that much, you want to become a legendary level backer, check out supportourbromance.com. But before we go, folks, you can find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Garrett Art. He's at Kyle Ferguson. My brain just farted off. We also have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle <laughs> for all of the content that we make. You should follow us on there. And of course, youtube.com slash TV. You can see our videos. You can catch our live streams. We record this podcast live on youtube.com slash TV every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, which is what, 11 Pacific? Yes. Yes. 11 a.m. Pacific. YouTube.com slash TV. Go there. Subscribe. Watch our videos. Watch our streams. Hang out. Have a good time. We're going to have a good time. But until next time, GG. Take care. Take care.